Once again, folks, we are back, episode 110, and today we are joined by Dave and Beth Coombs of Light 98.7 as they join us to talk about their brand new job. Uh, Also this week, we are talking about the failed repeal of Obamacare. We're talking about the up and down weeks of John McCain, Donald Trump. We're saying goodbye to Mooch. Uh, We are also having some history lessons. We're talking about the flat earth, uh, and we're briefly going to talk about the Olympics. All that and more, folks, episode 110. This is the Uticast. We're happy to have you. Back in the studio. I always like when we have round number episodes. This is episode 110. Not like a round numbered episode. You have any thoughts about aesthetic round numbers as opposed to 109, 108? Don't, don't affect me. Sorry. You don't care at no. all? No? No one cares besides Only when me? when it comes to money. It's true. <laughs> I think you think about it more when it comes to money. Uh, welcome back, folks. Once again, I am joined by Heather Wazlowski. What's up? Much. And Kevin Sullivan. Here I am. Hey, buddy. Hi. Uh, Heather, how was your week? What's going on? No, good. We went, um, took the baby rock climbing this weekend. Out some with the ropes with some friends. Rock climbing adventure. Yeah, Not surprising. Great. Good time. Oh, you went with friends this time? Yeah, group? we had friends and family. Did they the have Millers kids with them? came with us. Oh, the Millers, okay. So, and then we had some family that was in town that rock climbed. So, mm-hmm. we had, like, a whole bunch of us out there. When you go rock climbing, do you, you don't do, like, the free climbing We stuff. do, well, we free climb mostly, mostly. But it's called bouldering. But we use Bouldering? Rope. Yeah. But we do ropes, like, when people are around. A lot of people mm. don't like to boulder, so but that's what we like to do. I uh, I, I think the height thing is what gets me. I'm it not is. so good with heights. I've it's, never been... It's I, scary. All you have is, like, a couple pads and spotters, mm. so you have to really yeah, no. pay attention to what you're doing. It doesn't do much <laughs> for me. I'm very low on my list of things I want to do, I feel like. Good for you for being athletic yes. and outdoorsy, as per usual. Thanks. Uh, Kev, how about you, buddy? How was, how was your week? Hard to say. Um, pretty good, I think. Yeah. It's tough. It all sort of rolls and blends in the summer. Yes. Like, I'm sitting here now trying to think about what week was this week? What's going on this <laughs> week? Um, and I think it was pretty good. I'm pretty sure that we had a pretty good week. I had a good week. Mm. A good week. Good. Good week. Yeah. Uh, speaking of a good week, uh, I have to give a shout out. You know, for I've been saying for the last month or so that the, inter- maybe a month and a half, that the interviews we've had have been really, really good lately. We've been getting a lot of long form, really excellent interviews uh, and Derek Clark, who was on a few weeks ago, uh, was very proud that he broke the record for the longest uh, <laughs> podcast interview we've done at 55 minutes. Uh, so Derek was really excited about that, and that lasted all of four weeks, as this week's episode's guests, uh, Dave and Beth Coombs from Light 98.7, uh, shattered that record, and they hold a special distinction. They are now the first Uticast guests to have an interview that has lasted over an hour, an hour and one minute. Uh, so get ready for a very long interview with Beth and Dave this week. Um, it's a good one. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, have you guys met Beth and Dave before? Yeah, I love Yeah, them. they're great people. Yeah. yeah, they're both really nice. I'd been on, when they were on Talk of the Town, I was on their show a, a billion times, mm-hmm. probably 20 times, and it was always really nice. 
I was always struck by how uh, multitasking Beth always was. Yes. She was always doing 900 different things, but still fully engaged. And she would always compliment me on my shoes. <laughs> and I'd make a point to wear nice shoes when I went in. And uh, Dave is a pro. Man, that yeah, guy's just humming, pro. just working. That's a great That's a great way to say it, actually, because one of the things I, I said to them afterwards, and I don't know why I told them this, mm-hmm. but a lot of times when you get two or three people on an interview, uh, you have this tendency to have people kind of talk over each other and sort of... And when you've got people that do it for a living, I mean, they that's literally all yeah. they do for their whole life is yeah. talk together effectively. Yeah, they're professionals, real pros. Um, so that was a lot of fun. It was great talking to them. Uh, so we'll get to that interview in just a little bit. Now, because this interview was so long, uh, we're sort of on a time limit to talk about the stuff. Well, not really, but on a self-imposed time limit. So you only get limited time well, If you're imposing today. the time, dive in. <laughs> dive right in. Let's go. Uh, so before we get into the main topics, we got a couple quick notes I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, my family was in town this week, so I spent a lot of time with my family from Chicago. My Is nieces. that where you've been? <laughs> yeah, my, my sister and brother-in-law, shout out to Kelly and Randall. Um, check out my sister's company that she started, Happy Belly Chefs Online. Oh, it's her new company she started. What is that? Uh, it's that? not around here at the moment. Okay. It's mostly in the Midwest, but it's uh, not too dissimilar to what our good friends uh, Jack and Mo Cooking Show oh, do. Nice. Uh, they, oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, oh, your sister would be great at that. Yeah, she's she's the king. She's the best. My sister, uh, I, I was really tempted to interview her for the show, although I didn't know who would want to listen to it. Because <laughs> so she's... Uh, she's much more charismatic and entertaining than me. I'll put it that way. She's a professional. Oh, you definitely should have interviewed her. I know. I know. How many times have you listened to a podcast or like a show and you don't really know who the person being interviewed is and it turns out to be amazing? I'll, I'll get her That's for Christmas. That's one of those situations. Yeah, I'll get her for Christmas when she comes back for Bring Christmas. I love my sister Kelly. I haven't seen her in a long time. But it was great to see the kids. Uh, my nephew... <laughs> my nephew's turned into a little me now. He just likes Pink Floyd and guitars and video games now. and he's. I'm Do so you feel, how old is he though? Ten. Do you feel like he's cooler earlier than you were? Pink Floyd is definitely... That, I didn't uh, even know Pink Floyd was on. Uh, yeah, I didn't know, really know much about Pink Floyd at 10. So, yeah. And I don't think that Randall, his father, is a big Pink Floyd guy to begin with. Like, he listens to, like, Depeche Mode. You know what I mean? Like, so... so he uh, went out on his own and Yeah, so especially your brother-in-law, Randall, putting on, like, eyeliner and listening to Shout. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it's so weird because I can't imagine... It might be Tears for Fears. That is Tears for Fears. Yeah, same uh, thing. I don't even know a Depeche Mode song. Off Six top of one. My, yeah, it's all the same. Uh, either way, I don't know who told, because Kelly listens to show tunes. My, she, she's a musical theater major from Syracuse. Like, she pretty much listens to, like, pop music and show tunes. And my brother-in-law listens to weird 80s pop that was only cool for a certain period of time. So I don't know where Pink Floyd oh, found its technology way. technology now. We have nobody so needs much to, music. Yeah, no, nobody needs to tell you. I mean, it's on. Be... you see it on T-shirts and posters, and it's like a basic cultural touchstone for mm. people now. You know, it's not even mm. like, hey, you got to check out this band. It's like I've heard this term before I even knew this term was a band. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's what I think. Uh, so I went up with them to the Destiny Mall in Syracuse. How many of you guys ever been to the Destiny in Syracuse? Just there like a couple months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the a little fir- bit. A You've little been bit. there? Yeah, not this, in a while. This is the first time I've been there since it's been the Carousel Center. So that wow. gives you some dates for how long it was. Uh, I have to say this. Very impressed. Yeah, Did not expect to be so impressed by what was in yeah, there. Yeah, it's wild. It, you can do it. You can spend a whole day there. They've eating, turned into like a theme the rope park. Climb. I know. You can do so many things there now. Shop. The rope climb thing was odd to me. They have this, for those of you folks who haven't been there, they have this really amazing like three-level walking rope climb that you can do. And uh, I am a scaredy cat. I don't do with heights. So for me, I'm not trying to do the rope climb, but it seemed pretty cool. Nice. What we did do is we went into something called Five Wits. Are you familiar with Five Wits? Isn't that one of those, like, escape room type things? Yeah, yeah. Do have one of those things? Yeah, it's like an escape room, adventure room. I did that with my nieces and nephews. That was a lot of fun for the adults. Yeah. Uh, the kids were, well, 
a good half of the kids were terrified of it. It was too intense for them. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I, I, I highly recommend it for any of you folks who uh, who haven't had a chance to. Yeah, that's the, it really, you know, I swear we should be getting paid for how much we're going to gush over this place. But like, it's really <laughs> so much more than a mall. Like, when I went out there and I saw all the stuff they had built, I, like, it was a couple years ago yeah. now, so they probably got even more. It's just like, are you... This it's like a theme park indoors with a bunch of different. The comedy club. There's a comedy club. Yeah, the comedy club. Like there's times we've only gone to uh, to Destiny just for that part of the mall. Never walked through the. So it's like a pure indoor entertainment. I barely saw any stores. I'm gonna put it that way. I have a couple. Well, yeah, because brick and mortars are done. Yeah, that's true. Um, (laughs) I have. uh, We have a couple that we're all that we all know mutually that we're friends with who go there for like day dates and they'll go all day. Yeah. And they'll go to the you know International House of Beer whatever that beer place. Yeah. Oh, and the yeah. restaurant and the fun stuff and like they'll just go you literally yeah. spend the whole day there you can spend a whole section spend a whole bunch of money yep. but you'll spend a whole day yep uh, and very quickly I also did stop at a really interesting place in Canastota this week a place called The Wild have you heard about this place I've heard of it sort of like a is zoo is it cool because I want to go but it's scary it is cool it is cool it's very cool I was impressed my nephew is a huge nerd for giraffes so he got to feed a giraffe which was like the highlight of his life uh, that was really really cool there's lions and bears and it's really awesome. It's got a lot more stuff than you would imagine. I have the same problem with that that I do with almost any zoo I go to. I love zoos because I love to so look... you start at, thinking about it. Because I love to look <laughs> at animals. Yeah. And then once you're there and you're like, man, that cage doesn't look very big. Oh, do you know what I mean? Like, it, I've heard that, that that place out that's in why I don't go to uh, Ken, mm. Chittenango or whatever it is yeah. or Canastota, yeah. I heard that that place is kind of extra bad like that. A little bit. I can't um, go. I'll probably never go. It, <laughs> yeah. Some of it felt a little bit... I said, I was trying to, like, make up to myself, like, I feel like this is probably a temporary facility, right? Like, they're not going to leave this thing in here, right? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that, no. That's not just this place, so I don't want to sit here. I enjoyed the time no. I spent there at the Wild. It was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. If you have kids who like animals, there's a lot of cool stuff. Petting zoo was cool. Feeding drafts is cool. The parakeet room was cool. I just have a hard time at zoos in general, like, mm. thinking about the concept of it from, yeah. from that perspective. I think a lot of people do. Like I said, with circuses, you see lions, and you see, you'd wonder if they're, you know, they're <laughs> circuses, lions. they've, like, gotten rid of it. Circuses, yeah, circuses barely even done, bring but, animals anymore. Yeah, they, well, no more elephants at all. I haven't been to a circus since I was, like, But no, because that was a, me either. No, I mean, I don't even think they come around. <laughs> no, we're only about to Okay. Right? A lot of them are done, because or there's like no money to be made. like Marine Land or SeaWorld? Well, the SeaWorld one really, SeaWorld kind of took the flack from that movie. Was it Blackfish? People just watched Rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so, for sure. All right. All right, so that was all the points we had for this week. Let's get into the the big news stories of the week, uh, and they all sort of revolve around politics. But I couldn't, the- I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm floored and uh, looking to share new news sources with you. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the failed healthcare uh, healthcare repeal from this oh. week. Which this when I got the news on this, I think it was. Thursday night at like one o'clock in the morning. It was really late at night. I was up really late for some reason, and I got the notification on my phone that the skinny repeal did not pass. Yeah, it was about two thirty in the morning. It was really late. It was super late. Um, and I have to say, it sounds weird. I was genuinely excited and happy yeah. for the first time in a long time while yeah. reading a politics article. Um, and there's a lot to break down into this. So I guess the best place to start is with uh, Senator John McCain. Okay. Uh, Heather, you sent me a message this week, early this week, where we had sort of discussed when John McCain showed up to vote, to cast the vote that allowed them to have this whole session. Yeah. We were debating whether we were going to make him We our, were done with that we guy. With I'm that, done with that yeah, guy. We, we were said, talking we were about... Like, we're like, we're done. We, I go, is that bad? Even though we heard everything about him, I think we should be done with him. And yet, somehow, he's 
spun it all back around, uh, casting the third decisive no vote from the Republican side uh, to stop the skinny repeal from going through. Uh, and what I think is interesting about it is when McCain showed up to cast the first vote, the, the original vote shows back up, all the Democrats were livid. All the liberals were like, screw John McCain, how dare you come back and, and vote for this bill when it's obviously affecting people who have the same problems that you're going through. People were disgusted with him. And now, three days later, the flip side has happened, and now the Republicans are mad at him. And I think it's very telling about our political times. Yeah, and he made history that day. That's going to be talked about forever. It is. Doing that. I mean, um, but who you know who's not getting talked about though are the other two Republicans yeah, who voted the two women, the two women who voted yeah, on Lisa Murkowski from Alaska and Susan Collins from Maine. But they've so, been against it the whole time. That's that, so that's, that's why it didn't. That's ten billion times more impressive and important. And yeah. furthermore, John McCain's gonna die soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mean to pull punches, but he's he's a very old man who's got a very very aggressive, aggressive form of brain cancer. He's not going to run for re-election. These two women will have to face re-election, and they went and did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. McCain, you know, he really he stuck it to him, and people aren't really taking into account kicking it to debate. There's a lot of like really esoteric policy stuff out there that basically, when they kick it to debate and it has to go to reconciliation in the committee, they can only use that on one bill per year. So that means they can't use that for whatever crapshoot they're going to cook up for tax reform. So he shot him in the foot on quite a few things by doing it that way. And when you really read about the account of that night, it truly is political history. Yeah, it really is. Like it's really high drama. And mm. you, you see him really do the thumbs down on the video. Did you see when he came <laughs> yeah. in and like thumbs down? And everyone's like. <laughs> Did you see the video where they they superimposed the sound of wrestling and Stone Cold Steve Austin and no. the announcement like, oh my god, it's Stone Cold. It was literally it was on every single form of social media everywhere for like forty eight hours. I thought you might have caught it. Uh, so let me let me give you guys a really. Uh, this is a quote that'll make you feel good about uh, about politics for a minute. So uh, President Trump. Did attempt to sort of pressure uh, Murkowski and Collins at the last minute. Uh, here's the direct quote from this is a GQ article about it, but this has the quote in it. Uh, As President Trump pressed Murkowski and her fellow state Rep- uh, Senate Republicans last week to fall in line behind a repeal, uh, she felt compelled to speak up. Quote, with all due respect, Mr. President, I didn't come here to represent the Republican Party. I am resenting my constituents and the state of Alaska. Boom! Mic drop. Yo, did you know that Lisa Murkowski won election um, on a write-in campaign? Really? To the Senate? I did not know that. that. Yeah, Mm. she. I don't remember if she like was and then was out or what situation happened, but she didn't end up getting on the ticket and she Mm. won on a write-in anyway. So in Alaska, which is crazy in modern times to win on a write-in campaign for something as large as the United States Senate. She did exactly what she was supposed to do. Mm. Uh, Trump, of course, did not like any of this. He's been very... <laughs> he did not, he's not pleased about all this. He's been pretty much readying his nuclear options and tweeting like a madman. Of all, which he has none. Of which he has none. Uh, to be fair, though, Trump was all over the news this week, like more than just this healthcare thing. So there were three big uh, Trump pieces of news this week, uh, and I'll leave it up to you guys to see what we want to talk about first. Do you want to talk about the transgender soldier ban? Do you want to talk about his advocation of police violence? Or his insane Boy Scout Jamboree speech. Where would you like to start? Was the Jamboree speech just this week? Did we not talk about it last week? I no, feel like... it was after. It was, after. it was probably after the mm-hmm. show, yeah. It definitely was. Yeah. Um, you go. I don't know. I'd like to get into for. the transgender soldier band, because that one really annoys me. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of the things about this, this is like, we've already had a lot of questions in the military over the years. Like I remember them talking about don't ask, don't tell. That was like probably mm-hmm. 15 years ago. I'd have to look up the numbers now, but 
it seems like something that didn't even need to be discussed or brought up. And it, it just he seemed... was doing to be vindictive, just to be... Mm. No. And mm. a lot of people are talking about his vacation costs because at the moment, uh, the amount of money he spends spending his weekends at Mar-a-Lago uh, currently exceeds the potential cost of the health care needed for trans soldiers in America. So that gives you a good example of how greedy our president currently is. Uh, by the way, he's on pace right now, I don't know if you guys know this, to outpace Barack Obama's entire eight-year travel budget by the end of 2017. That's wild. That's a wild, wild Scumbag. Um, the, the, <laughs> the transgender military thing, not, not, to, mm. not to reduce from, you know, what an ugly, hateful message that is, but, like, that's not a real thing. No. He tweeted, and everybody in the Pentagon, everybody's like, no, he hasn't talked to anybody, this isn't real, put him to bed. What the transgender military ban is him, uh, that partially, and especially all the Scaramucci stuff, which I'm sure will come up at some point. Sure. Um, all of that stuff is put out there to be a distraction because you, you look at the timing when they do these wild things that don't mm-hmm. make sense, and it's a distraction to, to distract from you know Bill Browder's testimony to the Senate Judiciary Committee, which I recommend everybody goes and watches mm-hmm. and reads. It's really, really dry, mm-hmm. but it sheds a lot of light onto the motives of... Russian oligarchs and how business works mm-hmm. and interbusiness relationships between businesses in the United States and Russia and you know um, the lawyer Sergei Magnitsky they got killed they made the Magnitsky Act it's a lot of really really dense stuff yeah. but it's super important and it's really 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 bad for Trump sure and so a lot of it's just distraction because how much do you hear about that mm-hmm. stuff nothing because it's so much easier to to digest he does this wild crazy thing. You know, there have been reports actually that um, he is actually starting to lose uh, support in the South and uh, specifically mm-hmm. Texas because Texas has a very high percentage of Hispanic population now, higher yeah. than it's ever been, up to like 45-50% of the population there, right? Uh, and he's also losing a lot of support in what they refer to as the blue wall around uh, the Great Lakes, uh, particularly in Pennsylvania where he won by a slight margin. He's already lost nine points. So we are starting to see uh, what seems to be like a little bit of burnout from some of the more casual supporters who, tr- yeah. More interestingly, too, I think what we're starting to see is you're starting to see the beginnings of the cracks between the unity with him and the Republican Congress. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're starting to all of a sudden see these people mm-hmm. not be so defensive for him and they're starting to circle Especially the wagons the a little bit. Thing, which we don't well, want that, to do, but yeah. With the Sessions thing and furthermore with, you know, firing Reince Priebus like that, yes. like yes. that was their guy on the inside <laughs> to keep an eye on him and... Yeah. These people aren't happy about that type of thing, and it's just, you know. Well, I'll say this, you know, it's, it does seem like Fox News for the first time in a while, because I do check Fox News because I try to see what they're presenting to their audience, right? It does seem to be the first time in a while that Fox News is kind of at war with itself, because there's half the Fox News correspondents who think that firing sessions would be a mistake, and there's half of them who think that the president should do whatever the president wants to do. I think that's also kind of a good sign to actually see yeah. real dissension between this, uh, the well, quote-unquote, the only real news source out there, right? Isn't that what... The hate, the hate machine. The hate machine. Hey, yeah. speaking of hate machines, it's, you... No, go ahead. No. Speaking of hate machines, are you guys ready for this week's I'm Done With This Guy? Because it's a good one. Uh, and apparently, we're not the only people who are done with this guy. Everyone else seems to be done with him as well. How long you been sitting on that one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, R.I.P. to uh, Anthony Scaramucci from 2017 to 2017. A good run. We hardly knew you, and that's okay. Uh, 
Go ahead. No, you, later. Well, I, I, you're doing the thing. Go well, ahead. I wanted to say he's been removed from office uh, after just 10 days on the job. Uh, move made over the request of new White House Chief of Staff John Kelly. Uh, his brief tenure was marked with turmoil uh, as he publicly feuded with then White House Chief of Staff uh, Mr. Priebus, who is now gone. Um, this abrupt decision signals that Kelly is moving quickly to assert control over the West Wing, which might be also something to keep an eye on. Uh, wh- <laughs> what do you guys feel? What's the most interesting thing about Mooch getting fired for you guys? Uh, a couple. Uh, technically, the fact that he hadn't even started yet. He was supposed to be sworn in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, the 15th. Or today, today <laughs> by the time you hear this, no, it was going to be August 1st he was getting sworn in. Um, a couple other things are interesting. The fact that he sold his billion-dollar business and divested himself of all of his interests to take this job. Uh, he bit, his wife filed for divorce and got rid of him, and he missed <laughs> yes. the birth of his child, only to get fired a couple days later. He's been out there screaming for 10 days, I'm going to fire everybody, I'm firing Priebus, he's a paranoid fucking schizophrenic, which yeah. is a real quote. It's a real quote. Unbelievably. Um, <laughs> and talking about all these people he's going to fire, and then ten, as soon as Priebus is gone, he just gets fired as well. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. Uh, what I think is important about Mooch is that while his tenure was only 10 days, the humor and the jokes will continue for much longer. I think the biggest regret is that SNL never got a crack at him. I know. So, Heather, you sent me this wonderful article today of people who are crushing this on Twitter and all over the media. Here are some of the things that people are sharing that were longer than Scaramucci's term uh, as director of White House Communications. Uh... People are quoting they've had popcorn kernels stuck in their teeth for longer than Mooch has been in the White House. Uh, This one's from Matt Thomas on Twitter. I've worn T-shirts without washing them longer than Mooch was the commission's director. That's actually true. I've had Tinder hookups that have lasted longer than the Mooch. That's a real one. Actually, I don't know if that's true. I don't think I've ever... (laughs) Uh, Here's the real one. Kim Kardashian's marriage to Chris Humphreys was seven times longer... Than Scaramucci's tenure in the White House. Shout out to Chris Humphreys. He gets a bad rap. Uh, and <laughs> I just like this one. My period lasted longer than Scaramucci as, as communications director. That's from someone on Twitter named Potato Banjo, who I'm going to start following immediately. Shout out to a good friend of the podcast, Potato Banjo. <laughs> Uh, here's a good one for all our fish friends out there. The fish show at MSG lasted longer than Anthony Scaramucci. <laughs> That's probably real. Uh, uh, pick, pick one, pick one over under. Who would you rather listen to for 11 hours? Scaramucci on a Cokefield rant to the New Yorker or fish? Well, he's Italian, so I could probably <laughs> suck it up for longer than that. I, that was the only thing about Scaramucci oh. is it kind of reminded me of someone in my family who got dragged into it. We're going to get in so much trouble if Pete forgets. That's true. Yeah, no, he loves that. Uh, so, R.I.P. to Mooch. Uh, it's been real. It's been fun. Has it been real fun? Probably not. Not fun. Not uh, long enough fun. But I'll just say this. I'm done with this guy. <laughs> and so is everyone else. All right. Um, well, we didn't get this done as fast as I as I wanted to, but that's okay. Uh, let's Wait, Ten seconds before we dive off politics, no, I just want to say one more time. Bill Browder's testimony to the Senate Judiciary Committee. Watch it. Read it. It's mm. important stuff. Very Please. good. Let's get into this week's interview. Uh, Again, the longest interview in show history. Uh, Beth has been on the show before, Beth Coombs. This was her her second time on, making her an official member of the Two Timers Club. Uh, But for Dave, this was his first time, so it was an interesting uh, interesting format we had to do this time. But uh, I won't make you wait any longer. Here is our very long, very detailed discussion uh, with Dave and Beth Coombs from Light 98.7. We'll be back in just a moment.
Uh, so then I always have to like make these fake reactions afterwards. Like, it was so nice to have him in the studio last week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's always so weird when you get somebody in er- too early and then something happens in between. Yeah. That's why I never like. If it's like a, pol- a politician, I always put them on like immediately mm-hmm. the day I can interview them because I'm like they're gonna do something cool that I miss and then by the or time horrible. I got yeah or horrible either Depending way. Depending on the politician, I tried to make a joke about that with uh, with uh, Assemblyman Brindisi when he came in here a few weeks ago, and I I was like, hey, listen, if you have any emails or anything you're gonna drop or tweet, you know, I've been working on this interview for a long time, and I don't want you to just tweet it out there. And he's like, no, I don't. And I was like, oh, I okay, guys, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry if that made you uncomfortable. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Um, so I have to say, and I, I didn't do my total research on this because I'm not as good as I claim to be sometimes. I think that you two are the first married couple we've ever had on the show together at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's an award in itself. All right. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Great. We'll take it. And I've been on twice. You've been on twice. Well, we're going to get to that in just a minute. Okay. Yes. However, though. There's something coming for you, by the way. There might be something coming for you. And oh, you're not going to like it. We love this movie. <laughs> what was I with um, I know who James was. McAvoy yeah. as Split. Uh, Split? Oh, did you, you know, I was just talking yeah. about that yeah. last night. I uh, I'm skeptical of M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, but I heard it's and good. Hard, he it's, was br- he was brilliant. He was brilliant yeah. in the movie, and the movie was good right up until mm-hmm. the last like ten minutes. Yeah. Where you're like, wait, what? What just happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad I, ending. Can I say? <laughs> I actually okay, that I happens have, to you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't have any kids. I have nieces and nephews. Uh-huh. So that's where I get a lot of my like kid time out, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so yesterday I spent a lot of time with my nieces and nephews after work. Some of my family from Chicago is in town. So we spent like from 2 o'clock till like 7 o'clock. We're hanging out. We're like doing stuff with my dad and my mom mm-hmm. and dinner and all that kind of thing. And then at 7 o'clock my mom goes, oh, we're all going to go see Spider-Man. You want to go see Spider-Man? And I was like, I... I haven't been home. I'm, I'm going to go home and go to sleep, right? And, mm-hmm. and then all the kids were kind of nagging on the movie. They're like, I don't want to go see Spider-Man. I want to go see Despicable Me 3 or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And I was like, no, you kids will like it. And like shaming them. And then I get a phone call like two hours later when I'm on the couch watching TV. And she's like, the movie was great. You missed it. The kids love Spider-Man now. And now I feel like I missed out on like a, a sweet moment where I could have seen my nephews and nieces yeah. enjoy something. I blew it. I blew it. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know well, where I was going. Watching I, Beth I, well, watch movies, by the way, is an experience in and of itself because she are you no, she no. no, she can't watch a movie unless she knows the ending. So but while wait. the movie is on, she will she will be that's trying to find out. True. <laughs> that's not universally true. First of all, two things happen, and I should give the precedent of how this all started. Okay, please. please. There was this movie called The Mist. It was based on a Stephen yes, King book. Yes, I'm a big now, Stephen King guy. I love Stephen, yeah, King. Stephen King. Universally, I don't usually watch horror movies, but I did go to see The Mist because it was Stephen King, and I'm like Stephen yes. King. I love Stephen King. I watched this whole movie. Okay? Yeah, I've seen People it getting eaten. You know what I'm about to say. <laughs> You're all into it. This guy and his kid and this cute little old couple and the nice woman. You know, the guy's wife died. So you're thinking, oh, they're going to get together and they'll survive. The end of the movie, the car's driving along the road. They think the creature's coming to eat them. The, the, the guy who you think is going to be the hero kills the little old couple, the kid, and the woman, and then his gets kid. out of the car. His own kid. His kid, yeah. Shoots him, gets out of the car, and it turns <laughs> out it was the army coming to rescue him. That was two hours of my life. I will never get back. And it was the worst ending ever. And I was like, you know, I could have been organizing my sock drawer. I'm going to tell you this right now because I've watched The Mist numerous times as a big I don't even know how you've watched it more than once. Because I love Thomas Jane 
I do a lot. Too, I'm a big Thomas Jane on. guy, and I like that uh, that lady who plays the religious zealot. I can't think of her name. She's a, she's. I, a, I blocked it all out, so oh, I can't even think. But of it. and here's what's even worse about that ending, which you've spoiled for people who've never seen it. By the way, Sorry. I should have spoiled. Hashtag earlier. spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, so as a Stephen King guy, I've read the Mist novella that's in one of his mm-hmm. books. I want to say it's like um, I'll think of it later. Yeah. It's a Stephen King short story. Mm-hmm. The end of that short story is very ambiguous. The, the, they're in the car and they're driving through the mist and there's a radio broadcast but they're not sure where it's from and they're just following a radio broadcast and that's how the story ends. Mm-hmm. So the really dark twist ending that is thrown in that movie is actually just from director Frank Darabont who's like the Walking Dead guy yeah. and it's just like him just really giving you a hard time at the end. I hate him. And that, <laughs> I have to say though that twist is the part of the movie that defines that movie. If you like that movie, you like that ending. If you don't like that movie, it's because that ending makes you upset. I would have liked that movie <laughs> had they gotten away. Or had it been... I don't even really like ambiguous. ambiguous. Yeah. So what happens is... <laughs> there's a movie that I see the coming attractions of, and I really like coming attractions. Okay. I'll be like, oh, some people call trailers, but I'm like 80, so I call <laughs> it a coming attraction. And I'm like, oh, that looks good. So I look it up. I figure out how the movie ends, and then I will go see the movie. See, that would give me heartburn. Just thinking about that gives me heartburn. Now, here's the thing. It in no way takes away from my enjoyment of the movie. Mm. In fact, I would argue that it enhances my enjoyment of the movie. I have gone out of my way for movies that are years and years old to avoid reading anything (laughs) about them for the sake that I will one day spoil it for myself. Every once in a while, we'll go to the movie theater, and we haven't really quite committed to what we're going to see. And I won't have pre-read the ending. Or sometimes I try, like like an addict tries to like mm-hmm. shake their thing. And I won't read it. And then we'll get like three quarters of the way in and it's too much. And I'll have to look if it up. If she could check the plot ahead to see how our lives are going to end, <laughs> she would do that. She'd find a way oh, to do that. I already know how yours is going to end. By, I'm gonna kill you. By the way, <laughs> Frank, Darabont, Frank Darabont directed my favorite movie, which is Shawshank Redemption, which was based on another Stephen King novella, as you well know. And I have a friend who's a writer uh, named Kaylee Jones. Her father was James Jones, who wrote From Here to Eternity. I went, I went to college with Kaylee. And she thinks, and most often it's usually the case where the movie is not as good as the book or the mm. novella. Yeah. She thinks that Game of Thrones is better in TV form than it is in in book form. I'm not yeah. familiar with either of them. Yeah. I, so. I am in the minority of people who is not into Game of Thrones oh, at all. Oh, hey, we're, all together, yeah. right. we're all together on that. So. Anything, and I've said this a lot, I am not into what we call casually hard fantasy. Anything mm-hmm. with like magic or I'm castles or swords. I'm with you. Like, my big show at the moment, I'm a Twin Peaks guy, though, so people give me a hard time about that. <laughs> right. and that's like a weird yeah, television yeah. show to be into. Sure. See, this is a nice conversation we're having, and we're you're technically my competition, right? Like, are we, are we like, we're supposed to be mad at each other? Well, just keep drinking that soda. You'll never know what we put in it. That's true. Uh, I, listen, <laughs> I always have my big soda. Drink here. up, buddy. And there is a bottle of booze or something up there, too. Oh, that old, <laughs> that old bottle of House of Stew. Can I tell you a funny story about that bottle of booze? Please I took, do. I took that from my grandparents' house. It's a bottle of House of Stewart from my grandfather that passed away we had all the stuff floating around the house yeah. and they were clearing stuff out and I was like hey bottle of house of Stewart and I took it home and one of my family members called me and they're like you can't take that bottle of scotch it's really old it might be worth something mm. and I had to explain to them that scotch does not age outside of the barrel mm-hmm. so that 25 year old bottle of scotch is probably worse than it was 25 <laughs> years ago like, this is not any this is not worth anything this yeah. is garbage <laughs> liquor that looks old and fancy so um so, guys, uh, I wanted to get into that actually a little bit about the competition stuff because mm-hmm. it's what I find, you know, I just saw you at the at the food trucks last yes. Tuesday. Um, 
it's interesting because we live in such a small community. Yeah. We work in the... And there are so many different, like, small media groups that sort of float around. Do you ever feel like you have to sort of separate, like, the work and yourself sometimes when you're out in public? I don't... I mean, not as far as, like, the media side of mm-hmm. it goes. I think that there... I find more of like some of the community stuff that I do, like I sit sure. on the school board or I, oh, right. I'm involved politically with certain things. Like yeah. I think those are the things that I find that I need to separate more from, like I may disagree with someone on those issues, but it doesn't have anything to do with my sure. relationship with them. Um, but as far as the, you know, I just think it's a function of living in a really small town. You, the same person that you're arguing with might be the same person that you're sitting on a board with or the same person that you worked mm. for or worked against mm. might be mm. the person that you're now working against or for. So, And I, I don't want to get political here, but that's actually something that I asked some of the members. I was like, you know, for all the stuff, you're competing against Claudia coming up, but you guys spent years working together. That's got to be weird to like work with somebody for a long mm-hmm. time and then suddenly be forced to be like, oh, now it's going to get weird, yeah. right? It's probably a difference of opinion there as to how much each of them has worked with each other. Well, that yeah. depends yeah. on who you yeah. ask. Well, that's you know, what, and that's what they're just, supposed to do, you're yeah. right. Not that this has anything to do with me, but I would also say that that's probably the biggest problem in our political mm-hmm. climate today oh, is yeah. that, especially in a community, like we're in upstate New York, we are collectively the low people on the totem pole as far as New York State goes. If our representatives, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican and Independent, can't work together to move upstate New York forward, we are screwed. We're screwed. So I really commend, you know, we were at a function uh, last week at the Erie Canal, uh, the Bicentennial. Oh, sure. And, um, you know, Griffo was there, Pacenti was there, Brindisi was there, and and they all talked about how much they work together, and, and I commend them for that. Was Cuomo there? Cuomo was not there. He sent mm. he sent people. Well, Roy, uh, Rowan Destito was there. So oh, I see her. Yeah. I like Rowan Destito. Yeah. I've met her before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's weird, too, because... And it's funny, because you say that, like, there's so many things that I say all the time are, like, the biggest problem in our political yeah. atmosphere. And, like, it's a weird world we live in now. And I, I never oh said God, that. And, yeah. and I wonder... I'm 31 years old, and I don't, I don't... I'm not gonna ask you guys to tell me your ages or date you guys, but, like... Is you it can just date him? He's available. No, I'm just kidding. Is, is it just? I wonder sometimes. Is it just that I'm getting to an age where I pay more attention to politics, or is politics really influencing way more of what's out there in the world now? Like, is it just everywhere? Now? I, you know, I've I haven't been heavily involved with politics, but definitely engaged with politics. Probably, I'm 46 for probably the last 10 years. And okay. I would say the it's twofold this yeah. these past few years in the sense that everybody seems to be involved yeah. and interested and engaged in politics yeah. so that's a good thing but i also feel like recently we it's more divisive politics as opposed to bringing people together around common commonalities yeah. is dividing them again you know we are like ignoring the commonalities and focused on the differences. One of the examples of that is the even the late night comedians now, they're all being very political. And it didn't used to be that way. No. They, but some of the consultants are forcing them to be political yes. too. I read an article about Jimmy Fallon. He's been getting killed in the ratings by yeah. Stephen Colbert because Colbert is all in against Trump. And so Fallon wasn't initially, you know, he had that moment where he tousled Trump's, Trump's hair, hair and was heavily yeah. criticized for that. Which I think is yeah. weird. Yeah. Because and that's and that's a great point though because Fallon was was the heads and tails winner for for the late yes. night awards for a yes. long time. Brilliant. Yes, and he was doing just like the games with people yes. and it was casual stuff. And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. the election happens and suddenly people aren't 
is interested in playing games, right? right? And mm-hmm. and Colbert was the perfect guy to jump into that because he's already had that background of being that sort of contrarian, mm-hmm. like, device figure, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Fallon, as a performer, should be doing politics. Well, it just in general, from what I've seen from him, like, SNL and those shows. And he doesn't like doing politics, either. Yeah. And, and if you look at the spectrum of radio stations, too, and, and morning shows and afternoon shows when it comes to political talk... Very few have success in the Democratic end, yeah. as opposed to the Republican end. And mm-hmm. so Fallon would be, I guess, a quote-unquote, I'm using air quotes, a Democrat. Well, so is Colbert, though. Colbert is definitely on the liberal side. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's the other problem, and that's why a lot of Republicans look at the media mm-hmm. as like, oh, it's all liberal like mm-hmm. bullshit because sure. they're... Because every, all these shows are based out of Los Angeles and New York mm-hmm. City and Chicago or whatever, which are all historically mm-hmm. like liberal hotbeds. And yeah. that's where, that's what makes me, and that's my, I'll, I'll end my politics <laughs> on this yeah. here. Um, it's funny because you hear a lot of the Democrats still say like, well, we got all these votes. Like we won all these votes. Like we won more votes than Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you won more votes in the wrong places, right? Like that, when I left New York mm-hmm. City mm-hmm. and I was, and I came back up here to vote and I was during the election, I saw a guy Tweet, tweeting from Brooklyn was a friend of mine and he was basically like all you liberals who moved away from your hometown to a big city should move back to help make it cool again because yeah. we need you. It, I, it's, it's, yeah. This has been the craziest I think political yeah. time. We'll look back on this 10 years I, from now. I'm a history teacher. I'm scared it, of how we're going to look at that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I, I tell my kids that all the time. Like, observe what's happening now from on all fronts from a you know, social standpoint and from a, a political standpoint. Because I don't think, I don't think we're gonna see something like this again. No. I really don't. I, 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 yeah, I think it was a perfect mixture of time and place and mm-hmm. people and and also the other thing is politics move much slower than the news cycle and the social media cycle moves mm-hmm. now. Like mm-hmm. politics still sort of moves at the same pace it has for the last twenty so odd years. You go through the processes mm-hmm. and you vote on this, you wait twenty hours of this, filibuster. People want that information quickly now, and now there's just much more mainstream coverage. All right. But you watch. Away. One last thing. Yeah, I'll yeah, say please. this. <laughs> I got to say it. That the time is right for somebody to engage and activate that great mass of people in the middle who don't care mm. about this side mm. or that side. They just want it done right. And I think yeah. Bernie Sanders maybe wasn't the guy, no, but somebody is going to occupy. Yeah. In the next 20, 30 years, there's going to be a strong third-party person that's going to capture well, the And I don't necessarily know that it's it's third-party as much as it is mm-hmm. a, a genuine moderate. Yes. And I think that in some parts of the world, that not world, but parts of the country, there was some thought that to some extent Trump was that moderate. He seemed to sure. be, from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. more conservative. From a from yeah. a liberal, from a uh, social standpoint, slightly more liberal. Well, one time Democrat who turned Republican yeah. too. Although yeah, the practice yeah. is not really turning <laughs> right, out. Right, right. Well, I think I think I always thought there was a there was a place for people who are socially liberal and economically conservative. I thought that's there, me. Right, Hello. Like, like somewhere <laughs> in the line. Like, many of us. Yeah. Yes, it is. But right. when I talk to, I also work at a, at a middle school and a high school and mm-hmm. I deal with college kids and high school kids a lot and a lot of the young kids who are into politics don't want that centrist thing. They want the Democrats to have a progressive platform and to be oh. like, let's stand behind something and not just be contrary. Let's mm-hmm. not just neg on everything the Republicans do. Let's come out with a new plan. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of a little older than the millennials sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've fallen that. Yeah. And I wonder if like they 
would buy into a middle centrist candidate. That's why they weren't interested in someone like Hillary. Although Hillary, I don't think, was really a... a An ideal candidate. Yeah, no, she wasn't. Let's move away from okay, that. I know good. We, <laughs> we'll be here all, all right. day. That's, that's what we left talk of the town to get <laughs> away from, by the way. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, all right, so let me... political talk is all I meant. <laughs> <laughs> just give me, just give me the, the mean eye. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> um, so, uh, Dave, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Actually. Do you prefer Dave or David? Dave is, is actually my middle name. It's, mm. it's Leighton Davis... Coombs the third. Which explains really? why yes. he goes with Dave. <laughs> That's Interesting. And, I like that. And I was and I was the third. My dad was junior. His dad was senior. And each one of them was called Dave. Even though they got the name Leighton Davis Coombs, grandfather was called Dave. Father was called Dave. And they called. Why didn't just cut out the middleman and name me Dave <laughs> and forget about it. my son? By the way, is named Dash. 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 See, so my dad's name is Salvatore, mm-hmm. but his nickname was Sam. Mm-hmm. And when he they had me, he told my mom. I want to have a son named after me. And she said, I hate the name Salvador. It's a terrible name, and I don't want people calling my son Sal. Mm-hmm. So we can name him Sam, and that's why I'm not Samuel or Samantha or whatever. Yeah. You know. Got it. Yeah. But <laughs> Dave is fine. Dave is fine. Yeah. Dave, um, so I'm going to give you the standard intro since this is your first time mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, Dave, where are you originally from? Born in High Point, North Carolina. North Carolina. <laughs> I would not have picked it up because you don't have a discernible accent. No, but I was only there for about a year. Moved up to Connecticut uh, because of family circumstances. Mm-hmm. Moved in with my grandparents and lived there in Connecticut. Massachusetts, Vermont, New England. I'm kind of a New England. Oh, so you were all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So where did you, were you like high school somewhere? Like how? Uh, I went away to school at age 11. Really? Yeah. Um, mm. Didn't have a father in the house, had grown up in my mm. grandparents' house, moved away with my mom to Vermont. Uh, schooling was not going to be very good for the next move coming up. She moved to Florida, to Fort mm, She sure. knew that the public schools wouldn't be good there, so yeah. sought out some private schools, and I, off I went at age 11 to a private school. And private then, school, man. Yep. So that was my life for the next decade after that, so... But does he give you a hard time about being a private school kid as opposed to... No, because he wasn't the smart kid. <laughs> um, it's true. And I, was, and I wasn't the rich kid either, for sure. So, but uh, well, I've never been that guy. Um, so let me ask you this question. Uh, so you're going to private school. Did you, uh, what did you go to college for? Did you go to college? I went to college for... I majored in English. Where'd you go? Wesleyan University in mm-hmm. Middletown, Connecticut. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And what did you plan on doing at that time? What did you want to do I college? wanted to be a writer. A writer, I, I, I absolutely. Newspaper, novel. newspaper mm. columnist. I yes. love the idea of being a snarky, <laughs> funny, you know, informative columnist who could write whatever he wanted to write. I loved, you know, those kind of guys. So and were you me. doing that at all in Connecticut at the time? Or uh, well, I did. I actually wrote for the college newspaper, mm-hmm. and I've continued to write. I'm writing books that haven't been finished. Oh, I got a couple of. Those. I'm writing blogs. I, you know, I can. I love writing. Mm-hmm. I love writing. Yeah. Now, what? Uh, what actually brought you into New York initially? Um, I guess it would have been my first job out of college. I was a pro soccer player for three years. Really? I, yeah, I played goalkeeper for... Oh, yeah. I'm a massive, massive Liverpool FC oh. fan. I watch the Premier League every <laughs> Saturday, Sunday. Do you have a team? Are you a guy? Do you watch soccer no, anymore? No, I do, but I don't really have a favorite team, nor do mm. I have any favorite teams in professional sports. Although, when I was a kid, Rams football... Oh, the Rams. Yep, Giants in baseball, mm. and Montreal Canadiens in hockey, and New York Knicks in basketball. Uh, now I, I couldn't care less about any of them, but, but I, I still love watching sports. I still sadly care about the Knicks, even though they are... they Being a Knicks fan is mm. sort of like being in an abusive relationship. Like You love them <laughs> you love them so much, and you just want them to change, yep. but you know they're not. They're just going to keep letting you down, yeah. and, and, and just... just Cheating on you, it's fine. I have a funny story. I worked for Madison Square Garden Network for Ooh. about a year. Did you ever meet Dolan? <laughs> Please tell me you met James Dolan. Uh, I didn't meet James Dolan because this is way, mm. way... I'm an old guy. 
And at the time, um, that I think it was maybe the Patrick Ewing years. Ah, yes. Bernard King was there. Ninety four then probably yeah. ninety four ninety five. And uh, we used to be able to go to practice and hang oh, out wow. with the team. And I once threw a ball at Louis Orr, mm-hmm. who was on the Knicks at the yeah, time, yeah. former Syracuse guy. Sure. And he wasn't looking. He hit him right in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's my claim to fame with Louis Orr and the Knicks back way back when. But. Um, no, I, I'm not a big soccer fan per se, but I still love watching the game. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I was in college, I had a, a good career, so to speak, in college, but I didn't get any offers. I wanted to try pro soccer, so my mom was dating a lawyer at the mm. time. We drafted a letter as if he were my agent, yeah, and we sent it to all the pro teams, and wow. only one responded, and it was the Buffalo Stallions in the major indoor soccer league. Yeah, the Stallions. Yes. I, all and right. They played the New York Arrows and teams like that. Buffalo and um, I went up for a tryout camp and I made it. I what was your position? I, I made. I was a goalie. Goalie. Yeah. yeah. I made the team. So then so that's what You're brought credit, me. Man. That's what brought me to New York. Oh. And then I played for a pro team in Rochester and for two years. And after my last year there, I had offers to continue playing soccer in Wichita, Kansas City, but I was getting pretty beat up. I wasn't making a lot of money. I knew a girl who was on the radio in Rochester for a rock station. Always a girl. Always well, a girl. She was, she was dating one of the other guys on the team. Actually, mm. a couple of different guys nice. on the team. I love post-college sports careers. Great. <laughs> um, but anyway, they were looking for somebody to add to the morning show on the rock station there, WCMF. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, you should, you'd be good at it. You should give it a try. Had you ever thought about that? Nope. Like that? Never nope. thought about nope. it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. So I went in one day, and I loved it. And I guess they liked me, and they offered me... Minimum wage. Yes. To do the morning show with the other guy named Brother Weeze, who is now a huge mega superstar. He's been that way for a number of years. So he and I did that show for a couple of years. And I, to come back to my first love of writing, I walked in one day and I said to the management, I said, you know, this has been great, but um, I've been accepted at the Boston University uh, Journalism School to get my graduate degree in journalism. Mm-hmm. I want to go. Wonderful. And they offered me a whole lot of money to stay. Nah. And so I stayed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so anyway, Rochester, Albany, um, Utica, Syracuse. So I've been in New York yeah. State in broadcasting jobs almost exclusively since that's what brought me to New York. So. Wonderful. Uh, I'm going to pick up a little bit on that in just a minute. But uh, Beth, I'm going to talk to you for a second. I'll talk mm-hmm. to you about something. So uh, yes. you were last on the show on episode 36. Did you know that? Was it 36? Episode 36. What number is this? This is 110. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah, so 74 episodes ago. Now we've yet to miss a week. So oh, that the is. The world turn. It's legitimately a year and change, a year and a half almost, since you've been Holy on the crap. show. How have things been in the last year and a half? Have things. Not much know? going on, really, you know? <laughs> Grocery shopping, making cookies. Oh, just so, so, so much. Like, what What was I even doing? Did I had just started? I must you had just started, started at, Talk at Talk of the Town. I think. Uh, my boss, Justin Parkinson, had told me that I should interview you. Like somebody, okay. somebody at Maiden Utica was. I was looking for interviews at the time because by episode thirty six, like, she's annoying. Talk to her. <laughs> well, basically at thirty six, I had not yet figured out how to like do this. Like I was struggling with trying <laughs> so to find you're somebody. For a low pressure interview. No, but they were like, you know, she's good. You bring her on. <laughs> Everyone, let please. I, all my all my crew loves you guys. So I, I, I can't. They were all excited. My mom was excited. My boss was excited. You guys are coming in today. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't even think my mom would be excited. (laughs) Uh, So, and I figured as a special treat for you coming back, Uh I would give you something that you can hold above Dave as as having something above him. So congratulations. This is your trophy uh, for being a member of the Two Timers Club, the infamous... 
you to cast two timers club. Wait, do I get to keep this? Yes, you do. It's yes, a you little, do. It's a little teeny cup. Yes, it's uh, like the piston cup. He's yes, like, uh, you and cup? such uh, famous Utica celebrities as Joe Marino. I uh, know. Yeah, Anthony Brindisi. Uh, of course, uh, okay. all the people who work for us don't count. Oh, hey, we're taking photos on the air. Yeah, apparently so. I love it. Okay. Uh, a little bad radio for you folks, so that you can't see us <laughs> taking pictures. It's very good um, radio, visual. So, uh, and la- I did try and go back and listen to our old interview, yeah. but then I felt like it was distracting me uh, uh-huh. from doing anything new. So I got to ask: Are you still doing the mom blog stuff? Because we talked a little bit about that last Not time. Not really. Yeah. Um, right now, I, right now we're at uh, Light ninety eight point seven at Town Square Media, yes. and a lot of a huge part of what we do is write and mm, blog there, sure. which is. I love it because... Okay, so you've transitioned... Oh my God, it's amazing. So it's really a question of time, to be mm-hmm. completely honest with you. Um, but it's it's great because I do have the opportunity to write a lot, which I really enjoy. And um, so I haven't really had an opportunity there. I just mom, just I don't vlog it. Yeah. And I guess I, and I guess we should wrap around with the fact that you guys are now on 98.7, uh, WLZW, the like 98.7, which I remember even as a kid. I remember hearing, watching, listening to 98.7 with my parents. Yeah, it's a great station. Legendary station. Legendary yeah. station. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to say, uh, how long has it been since you guys have been there? We started on July third. Was our first show. We yeah. were officially not not a under, month in yet. Yeah, we were. I think July we were officially 3rd. under contract at the 29th or the 30th or something like that of June. And just the way you've sort of described it, it does seem like you guys have you leaned a little bit more into doing like internet stuff as well. It seems like you guys do have a very strong Facebook presence now. I've seen with a lot of the W. They're yeah. uh, they're a very digital first company. Mm. I mean, it's you kind of have to be. Now. Yeah, you really yeah. do. I think a broadcast company that's worth yeah. salt is really For very sure. digitally uh, digitally driven. Mm. And so that's. Part Part of it, but part of it is just that for me, from a Facebook standpoint, our demo, like the people that we're yeah. trying to reach, are is really my peer group. It's like sure. my, you know, other women my age, other moms, other, and so that's who we're talking to. That's who we're broadcasting mm-hmm. to. You know, that's the middle of our target, if you will. And um, so I love to get feedback from them, from my friends, and be like, all right, guys, what do you think about this? And then be able to share that. I find Facebook to be such a double-edged sword. I pushed against Facebook for a long time. I was like, I only want to push this. I'm just going to push it on Twitter and Instagram and to mm-hmm. hell with Facebook. But at the end of the day, the Facebook sharing model is a lot easier. Just drives. It just drives a lot more traffic. And mm-hmm. I, I finally had to lean into it. And the problem with Facebook, though, is there's no filtration system. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's good to a certain extent because yeah. a lot of times if I'm on Reddit or Twitter, I'm just living in the Reddit and Twitter bubble of the stuff I like, just yeah. like soccer, dinosaurs, liberals, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, but so at least with Facebook, I'm sort of forced to, to view the realities of the people I know, mm-hmm. all the, the good and bad as yeah. it is. But uh, but yeah, the Facebook makes a big difference to have that sort of extra, it's easily accessible for people to reach out to you on Facebook where sometimes mm-hmm. it's not as willing to on Instagram and Twitter. I, I agree with that. And the other thing I would say, too, about Facebook is I find Facebook to be probably the most useful medium for anything. If I need yeah. if I need to know... The other day, for example, we're thinking about... We have a satellite dish, randomly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, anybody here get rid of their satellite dish and just use completely streaming things? I would say in, like, 15 minutes, 75 people got back to us and were like, this is what we're doing. And it's I almost commented it. on you guys on that, actually. I know. Because I just did this for my mom. I just bought her... Uh, an Amazon Fire Stick. That's what yeah, I, I didn't yeah. buy the stick. Yeah. I bought the TV. The thing. TV, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. I, I'm. I actually want to punch myself in the face for. I've not been doing it beforehand. I've been off cable for a couple since since we were in Brooklyn because none of we had no money, dude. For cable, Brooklyn. right? Yeah. Represent <laughs> so, yeah. Brooklyn. And I definitely have talked about this before on the show, so I don't feel bad saying it. I we just use like Netflix, Hulu, uh, whatever uh, streaming platforms, and then I also do that. 
thing where you take the old coaxial cable and you cut one of the ends off and turn it into a digital antenna so I can get like the local stations that I never watched. So uh, it's not illegal because the stream's still out there. It's right, guys. We've talked about this before. Um, what I'll be interested to see is how long Facebook has when it comes to sta staying power. Like, why did MySpace go kaput? And what will continue to drive Facebook forward? You know, I think ad revenue. And yeah. I think what I'm curious about with all this new stuff, whether and not even just Facebook, Facebook, Amazon, Twitter, I'm waiting for one of these companies to start competing with television networks for shows mm -hmm. and sports and things like that. Like it's not that long before Amazon just says, no. "What's CBS paying for the NFL? We'll pay mm -hmm. this much more." Mm -hmm. Right? We're not. I don't think we're that far away from that. Well, I mean, I, I would say the, the quality of broadcasting now. I mean, look at some of the series that are out on Netflix. That mm. are out, I mean, they are competing hardcore with. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. main, you know, NBC, ABC, CBS sure. types of shows. I heard an interesting take last week that a lot of the creative writers are now moving into TV. And because movie, because making a movie these days is either you need already created intellectual property. Let's make a movie about a superhero or a book that's already existed because mm -hmm. no one wants or to. Or remake a movie. Or remake a movie because no one wants to invest $160 million into something that has no. Mm -hmm. like initial background yeah. Star Wars mm -hmm. is the perfect example mm -hmm. of course we're going to make a Star Wars movie because we know that people are just yeah. going to throw their money well, at us it's right? a sure thing it's a sure thing I'm also sure out on thing. I'm out on Star Trek uh, Star Wars and I'm out on Game of Thrones and that's why people don't listen to the show anymore. and I'm, <laughs> I'm with you I don't like Star Wars either and I don't like I don't like any of that stuff <laughs> Beth is a big Harry Potter <laughs> fan and uh, I, I, I don't like any of it brilliant. Yeah. it's brilliant it's brilliant okay <laughs> So I got a couple questions for you guys about yes. the transition. You guys are with Town Square Media now. We're just mm -hmm. talking about that's uh, late 98.7, yep. uh, WIBX as well. Uh, you said the Eagle IBX, and... The Eagle and Big Frog. Big Frog. Probably mm -hmm. the, the number one station. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a connection with those other folks as well who work there with you guys? Yeah. Well, I think that's what's kind of amazing about mm -hmm. there. It, it is... I've never worked somewhere, and I don't, I don't mean this in broadcasting. I sure. mean in any job I've ever worked in in my entire life. And I've worked in sales. I've worked in medical field. I've, I've worked in. I've never worked in a company mm. where, first of all, every single person in the building is freaking so talented and so brilliant yeah. and so wants to make you better at your job. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's a team. Like the whole company, the sales team, every radio station. Mm -hmm everybody works together mm. you walk down the hall and you're like hey i was wondering about and like three people are like well let me tell you how you can do that better you could do this you could do that you could do this there's no nobody feels like proprietary about mm. anything nobody mm. feels like you're a threat to them or mm. or they need to prove you wrong or oh i'm working on this and i'm not going to tell you about it like yeah. well, it's just it's a superb environment it's a great model and you know if our ratings go up then the other stations benefit from the revenue that comes in from that because they'll be given more freedom to do more things and the same thing goes if we get more hits on our facebook pages or drive more traffic to the website that we have with our blog post then that blog might get shared on one of the other radio yeah, stations and, and it's just... all collaborative it's great sure. and, and yeah. but but there's there's like financial Gain and benefit oh, yeah, attached there too. Yeah. It's so, just I you know. I say to Dave every day, like literally, like we get out of bed at four o'clock in the morning. I fly out of bed. Mm -hmm. I'm like in the shower, getting ready. Mm -hmm. And really, it's that to be willing and happy to do that, and like to be excited to get in the door and see the people that are there and say hello and. We sing to each other in the morning. It's yeah. That's the God's honest yeah. truth. And thank God it came, the opportunity came along because, you know, I've been doing this since 1984. Yeah. And that's a long time, over 30 years. And I was getting to the point where I was going to get out of radio yeah. for various reasons that I really don't want to get into. But, you know, I was looking at job 
job, yeah. you know, potential jobs in other businesses, other industries, because I just didn't see there being an opportunity like this available. And this opportunity is fantastic. It's so funny yeah. because, like, growing up as a guy for, I was born in 86, and I, I remember listening to a lot of Yankee games growing mm-hmm. up. And there were, in the era before the internet, I do remember the era before the internet, which I think doesn't totally make me a millennial because I remember calling people's houses <laughs> and knowing people's phone numbers off the top of my head, things like that. Um, but I remember listening to these very specific voices growing up. Like, I always talk, Chris, uh, oh God, i got to edit that out. Uh, my friend, uh, Rain Man at K-Rock, you know, he was sure. a voice that I yeah. that I remember hearing. I tell him all the time, I, you, like, raised me through my adolescent years, or, like, the music I listened to. Great guy, by the way. He's a great guy. I, I love him. He's been a friend of mine for yep. many years. But, yep. um, but I wonder, but even my students, I look at the kids I deal with, the world has changed in terms of how people see... The radio used to be this sort of gatekeeper for culture and now culture is very spread out so mm-hmm. to get your personality spread off on the radio and on the social media and all the platforms can only benefit you mm-hmm. right that's just my thought um, and for me I always I always wanted to do like radio stuff mm-hmm. but I feel like uh, I've never actually even attempted to do it I just fell into doing the podcasting thing and it mm-hmm. sort of scratched my itch although I don't get paid as much for this as you guys probably do <laughs> well, I don't get paid that much <laughs> I mean but you know we do it more for the law honestly and yeah. for the collaborative uh, spirit mm-hmm. that we talk about I, here, I, I just I love what I'm doing yeah. it's yeah. so awesome but well, it comes you know, with you guys too though when you when you guys people literally so many people stopped me to say they were excited that you guys are coming on you guys really we like, had to pay them yeah. so much money to do that we were like listen could you do me a favor? Can you just call that guy and tell him? <laughs> but you know what hasn't changed about radio really is you're still you're still there to reflect yeah. what's going on in your community and in larger community. You're not there to drive an agenda, which some companies make a mistake at doing. Oh, yeah. they, they think that their personalities are there to drive an, an agenda mm-hmm. home, whether it's news talk or anything else. Oh, yeah. That's not what it's all about. You're there to reflect what other people are feeling. And that's there's a fine line with that, because we yeah. deal with that sometimes with made Utica stuff. My boss, you know, Justin, Justin's a very notorious guy. We talk about it all the time. Even in outside of made Utica stuff, mm-hmm. Justin has sort of a, some companies don't really like him. I, I won't get into that, but there are some people who straight up told us they don't like us, mm-hmm. right? Justin is more interested in letting that sort of be our thing, right? Like, okay, you guys think we're jerks, then fine, I'll play into it a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Like, and that's it really just depends on what how you want to approach it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I am too scared to be a straight up jerk most of the time. <laughs> Listen, I'm not on the radio. I don't, you know, my thing is, I don't, if, and maybe Dave, you could speak to that. I think that the way that, like you were saying, the social media and the Facebook mm. and everything and how those things are so integral. I think there has to be far less distance between who you are in real life, you know, air quotes, and who you are on the air. Mm -hmm. And I think, I always say, like, for me, like, I'm kind of like cilantro. I think that there are people who can't stand me, and there are people who really like me. I don't think there's a lot of in-between. Well, with the cilantro thing, I'm cilantro intolerant. It's not that people don't like you. It's that they biologically can't taste you the way that everyone else can. They just, it tastes like soap. You taste like soap to them. Um, so I don't like cilantro either, and neither does my mom, so maybe it's genetic in my case. It, I'm telling you, I really, I look it up. I looked this up one day because I was like, there's something wrong with me. Everyone loves yeah. cilantro. Oh, no, I don't it's, like cilantro. It's genetics. Yeah. It's gen- I actually, but there was like in the Times or something not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so one thing I do want to ask you guys, I don't want to stick too much into like what you guys did and what you're doing now, yeah. but you guys, when you were on talk at the time, it was primarily public affairs stuff, right? You're it doing mostly straight just up straight up talk. Hours of talk right? yeah. Whereas 
now on 98.7, you were doing music in the format as yes. well. Was there some sort of, was there a little bit of changeover in getting used to that format change initially? Well, I think we both have different answers to this question because Dave spent 20 years mm-hmm. in a music-based format, even though we talked a little bit more in that music-based format. Sure. For me, I, that was the only thing I ever knew because that was really, aside from doing public affairs, that little you know half-hour show on yeah, the drive, yeah. that was my first sojourn mm-hmm. into radio. So in some ways, I remember thinking when we were looking at this opportunity and how it evolved very quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, it was one of those things where I was like, it's got to be so much easier. I mean, it's not talking for four hours. Because, I mean, I don't think people really appreciate the fact that when you're talking for four hours straight, it's freaking exhausting. I don't know. It's like taking a test. It's like yeah. taking the SAT. If you really want to be informed and know what you're talking about and know the facts of the stories that you're getting into, and mm-hmm. I'm like an anal retentive researcher, so sure. I like to really know all sides of everything. It's tiring. Like by at ten o'clock, you're like, <sighs> well, that's that's what I think about with my show. Like we do an hour and twenty minute show once a week, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I wonder, like, I'm like, God, I don't even know what we would talk about if I had to do this every day because it takes me a long time to dig through the stories that I want to talk about that week. Mm-hmm. That may just me being pretentious again. No, but <laughs> but I will tell you, it's in some ways it's harder to do the music format because. Yeah. You have, first of all, you have to cull through information. Sure. You don't have 10 minutes to kind of mm. circle around to get to the point of the story. You mm. kind of have to get where you're going, yeah. know how you're getting into it, and know what you're going to say, and know how you're getting out of it mm. without talking about that too much between the two of us so that it doesn't sound like, hey, Dave, did you see the story about the dog? Yeah. That was a great <laughs> story. Oh, poor dog. And here's your next song. Like, you really, it's yeah. it's challenging. So we rely more just on our raw personalities, I think, sure. and maybe the chemistry between the, the two of us. You're that's, raw. Yeah, and that's, what's, that's what drives the show. Now, that's you know? a good question. I was going to get into that. You're, you're good at segues, my friend. I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> it's like he does it professionally or something. It is. Like, yeah. So you guys, you're working together uh-huh. as a married couple. you got to go home and see each other. Is that yeah. is it tough? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, what's, it, what's, I've never, I've, I've never been married. So I'm curious, like, when you guys are home, do you like talk about the show for the next day? Do you guys have like a thing where you like you have yeah, to? You have yeah. to. So it probably feels like your sometimes, whole sort of yeah. It does, but sometimes we'll we'll start and I'll be like, no, no, not to, you. <laughs> you know, like well, sometimes it's like date night. I'm like, dude, we are not talking about the radio right now. Like talk about because if you talk about the radio and you talk about the show and you talk about what you're doing, you don't have any other experience to put yeah. into that. So you have to get out and do other stuff. Or you're just, that's all you'll do. Yeah, but I'll say this. I love my job. And oh, that's yeah. why I'm still doing it. And getting a chance to do it with Beth is great for a number of reasons. Uh-huh. One of which is that she's really into it. I mean, when before she even started on the radio, uh, when I was still working in Syracuse, she would study and study and watch me editing uh, audio and pay attention and ask me how to do things. That's just because I thought you were cute. I was trying to impress you. <laughs> it was obvious that she's... Really once she gets interested in something, she's all in. And she is all in on this. And she's really good at it. And really, really is. I mean, she's... I had to pay him to say that, too. She's better... Got a lot of money floating around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's well, better at it. Well, cash. <laughs> She's better at it. <laughs> Sorry. I know. So what, how long have you been doing this now? Uh, Not even a year. A year. A year. Total. She's better at it now than I ever was in my first hmm. five years of doing radio. She's just a natural You're so at full it. Of crap. No, but she's good. But you know, the strange thing about being married is I always thought I heard about couples yeah. that were on the air together, and I always said, "Man, there's no way I could ever do that. There's no way I could be married to somebody and do like a morning show with them or an afternoon show." But now that the, it's become a reality, I I love it, and I don't. It doesn't mm. seem like a burden. It doesn't seem mm. tough at all. Yeah. Um, 
part of it is she's she loves radio, and she also knows we both. I think we kind of both do when to just drop it and just you know have fun with. Yeah. Well, know, that's familiarity too. You know, even even with Kevin, who is the my co-host on the show, I've known Kevin since we were sixteen. We've mm-hmm. played in bands together. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to really have a conversation before the show starts, right? Mm-hmm. We just sort of know the beats and the way it works, and there's sure. that familiarity builds into it. Yeah. Now, Heather's been on the show for about, I don't know, 16 weeks now, uh, and she still feels like she is the odd person out, mm-hmm. even though I keep telling her she's not and she's doing mm-hmm. great. But she still is sort of like wants that sort of... Yeah. She's fiery for it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's good. All right. So, uh, we are... You, you guys blew way past the 15 it's minutes. Fine. In case, keep you, going. In case you were worried about Shot it, I just wanted to... We're, we're good. Um, so... Let me ask you this one then. Before we get into the lightning round question, then, uh, do you guys have like a cool like how you guys met each other story? Or do you have a cool like first date story? It, it does go back to cilantro. I'll say that oh, a little bit. We can, yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we gotta bring it up. No. Um. So we met online. Oh, online. Yes. <laughs> Match.com. Match.com. Very nice. And um, I was <laughs> I was dating some other guy, and uh, he had written to me online and I and um you know I'm not that kind of girl so I waited and then like three weeks and I'm like hi I saw you wrote to me like three weeks ago <laughs> um, I'm available now do you want to go grab lunch mm. and so we had lunch and actually the anniversary of our lunch is coming up in not too mm-hmm. about two weeks we, we had lunch at uh, Nola, Nola in Clinton, Clinton. Yes. yeah good, yeah. good call who oh. picked that one well it was in between I was living in Syracuse oh, right, right, so yeah. it was just like yeah. let's meet in between it's a good restaurant so yeah. um we met for lunch and I thought he was like, I thought he was super hot. <laughs> he was sitting. I Obviously, up, things have changed since then. No, <laughs> super hot. I do. I think you're super hot. You have a great ass. Um, we were. I I was driving up around the green, and he was on the bench, and I like I still I'll watch him walk all day every day. Like sometimes we'll go to the mall, and I'll like be behind him just because I like to watch him walk. But, um, I'll have to take a look at him when we get up there. Yeah, you should. It's I'm worth gonna it. walk out backward. <laughs> I'm not giving you any. Look That's at okay it. too, honey. <laughs> So, uh, so we met. Oh, I dropped my cup. We um, we met for lunch, and we mm. bet on lunch because he said coriander and cilantro were the same thing. Yes. And so I was like, she said "I'll no. bet you." I'm like, I don't think they are. So I looked it up, and I was I I was mistaken. Although I think I would file a a protest because even though they're from the same plant. Cilantro is the leaf and yes. coriander is the seed. Yes. Yeah, I think coriander is maybe like the Italian word for it. And yeah. cilantro, or cilantro is the Italian word for it. Coriander is the Hispanic word for yeah, it. There's I some, think. Yeah. yeah, but they're not the same thing. No. They're not because coriander is the seed. Yes. Yeah, they derived from the same plant, but, but not the same thing. I did win the bet, and we are both very competitive, although mm. she's more outwardly competitive than I am. Mm. And when she looked on her cell phone over lunch and discovered the truth, she gave it, and obviously this is radio, so you're not going to see it, but she put her fist and she kind of, oh, like that, like a, like a Marvel Comics villain. I was like, I'm going to get that, you know, that. And you turned arch. It's good. I like yeah. it. It's so all right. Yeah. She was so, so angry. And, uh. <laughs> I hate to lose. And then, uh, and then I think that night we played like eight rounds of Words of Friends and I kicked your ass every mm. single time. I've and since caught like, up and, and lost again. So, but yeah, we're, we love, we both love writing. We both love words. Mm. We, we had a lot in common. So, yeah. you know, it was. Uh, so, I don't know. I thought he was totally cute. And I was like, you're adorable. And then I had to, I had to make like the moves for the second date because I would have been oh. still waiting. <laughs> See? We never would have had a it's, second date. The, the, the online dating is tough though. 
Because I'm, I'm on a couple different like online dating platforms as a single. I'm a single 31 year old guy. I did not know that for many reasons. Uh, <laughs> uh, but my my slogan is always the same. It's always I'll just tell people we met at a bookstore. That's usually what my oh my, my god. I think I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah, I probably have. Yeah. <laughs> was it on Tinder? Because that's probably the one. No, uh, it wasn't Tinder. No, I. I, I mean the chicks aren't aren't uh, wowed by your Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage dolls that you have sitting in the corner over there. Tell you something, brother, the Macho Man madness. Ooh yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm a big Macho Man. <laughs> I have a lot of nerdy stuff around here that uh, it's it's fifty fifty. Some people find it Isn't endearing. Isn't there like a Comic Con meetup or something that you could? That's what I got to get into. Yeah, well, you know what's funny? Like living thing. in New York, the online dating thing was vibrant. Mm-hmm. It was also a vibrant scene of women who would just go to dates with you to get dinner and then leave. It's a real <laughs> thing that exists in New York. Really? Um, yeah, I'm sure the men do it too. I don't want to be sexist mm-hmm. about it. I'm sure there are men who do it to other men and women too as well, but. That was common, so you'd go to it and you're like, this is, she doesn't like me at all. She just wants something to eat. Mm-hmm. Everything's expensive here. It's poor, everyone's poor in this city. Um, but yeah, the online dating thing is sometimes, especially in a smaller community, mm-hmm. the well, pool shrinks a little bit, where sometimes you'll be looking through them like, that's all the people that are on. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's yeah. funny because that was actually part of what drove me to that. He had different reasons. My thing was, you know, I, my peer group were all like my, my kids' friends. Like, I'm not dating one of my, my friends' yeah. husbands, for sure. So it was... And I'm not, like, really... Um, there was no context for me to, like, get outside of that universe. So for me, it was, like, it gave me the opportunity to meet people outside my usual circle. But you did go slightly beyond your parameters because of the age group that she put. Ah. I was slightly outside of the age group that she preferred oh. and a little bit outside the area as well. So you you did... Uh, you compromised. Well, yes. And you <laughs> bullshitted your face off because you're like, yeah, I would totally try and run a marathon with you. That'd be awesome. We well, a marathon? Oh. Well, so, he's falling apart. It's like I a resume. Said, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> smooth him a little bit on there. If I wasn't outside the lemon law at this point, <laughs> time frame, I'm not sure. I might, I might see, go back. See, for, from our aspects... <laughs> From our aspect at the Maiden Utica side of things, we're all like young 30-something single folks, so it's a bit of a different dichotomy around here. We're all like, I'm dating somebody, so do you know this person? Have you already slept with this person? Have you met them before? You guys have a previous relationship that I have to disclose. Should I start the antibiotics now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So guys, before we get to the lightning round, I just want to give you guys a chance to plug everything. You guys are, I think I got this right, you're Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 10. Four and a half hours every Monday through Friday. It is, dude. Intense. And uh, sometimes voice tracking on the weekends. Yeah, mm, mm, voice tracking on nice. Saturdays. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is like 98.7 WLZW. I remember that. Remember that? That was the... Was that this? I don't, because I believe... Yeah. You guys are Uticans, really. I'm an interloper, so I don't... You know, and I love it here. Let me just say... Not anymore. I do love it here. This is a great, How long have you been great here? community. I've been here since I've known Beth, essentially three years. So you got about, you got, generally I'm told you have to be someplace 10 years before you're allowed to call yourself uh, <laughs> like a, that place. Like I'm still getting scolded by my friends. Like you're not a true New Yorker. You're only there for seven years. Right. You're there at three. Oh. Right. Uh, I think you're a true American. That's just me. <laughs> good, good. That's I, just me. I feel I'm proud like to be accepted. a New Yorker through and through, but like I really feel like now, 20-something mm-hmm. years in, like I... I and yeah. from here, you know what I mean? Not from here necessarily, but I feel I identify. But I'll say something about that quick before we move on to the lightning round. I think as a radio personality or as a human being, if you don't engage in your community, you're going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather used to say that all the time, going back to the beginning of the conversation. The guy I grew up with as my father, he was always in favor of, you know, Davey, he would call me Davey, he said, 
Be involved in your community, no matter where it is. And, and it, it pays off as a person, and it pays off as a radio personality. Mm -hmm. Quick other story about that. When I worked on the air in Syracuse, my very first job on 95X on the radio, mm -hmm. before it was Dave and the Fat Man, which was that Great show a long time ago, it was Jim and Dave. Jim was from Chicago, mm -hmm. very talented radio guy. He lived in Syracuse for a year with me and didn't know how Lived to... with you? No. No, he had his... He, he worked had, with you, lived somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, was like, my, that's a chapter I didn't hear about. <laughs> he was my... He's not my type. Uh, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong exactly with that. Exactly right. Um, but he, he was... Um, he, he didn't know how to get anywhere sure. in Syracuse. He was essentially lived sort of a hermit lifestyle. But, but let me just say, like, for the record, I've lived here for 25 years and I still don't know how to get anywhere. Yeah, yeah but sure. you're engaged in the community. He, he by choice holed up in his apartment didn't want to go anywhere didn't really want to be kind of like just a curmudgeon in a way people would ask him well you've got to get to the carrier dome to do this remote broadcast he didn't know how to get to the carrier dome mm. I mean in Syracuse so, Syracuse isn't and, that big and he didn't last very long on that job yeah. maybe that was part of the reason he didn't become engaged in the community you what know? I find fascinating is a lot of the people I know who are in these sort of roles where you are a public figure or whatever tend to be introverts it's weird a lot of like my Maiden Utica guys I, I, I'm, I'm an introvert I have a hard time sometimes like even yeah. when we do the Franklin Square film series like being out in the public for that long and being outdoors and away from all my stuff is tough for me I'm like I'm like a little anal retentive so See, why, why do you it. think why do you think I went yeah. to a, to an online dating I I, I can't yeah. go into a bar and meet a girl I might find I might I look across the room find her attractive there's no way I could ever break that ice I don't drink enough so my <laughs> you know, I really don't that's a it's a real problem for me like I go to a bar and I'll have two drinks and I'll go well I'm done Oh, yeah. you're my kind of guy. Why yeah. do you need? I'm a little old for you. But, but, but you I'm, say that. No, I don't say that. <laughs> but I'm shy. I am. I'm a shy guy until I get talking with yeah. somebody. Oh, so and then talking. Yeah. Sorry, that was weird. <laughs> uh, so again, folks, Monday through Friday, 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. at 98.7. Guys, it is time for the lightning round. Okay. Because okay. we have the two of you, I'm going to do a little serpentine style. So I'm going to go one, two, two, one, back and forth, back and okay. forth. By okay. the way, serpentine, one of my favorite words from the movie The In-Laws yes. with Peter Falk and, and Alan Arkin. Serpentine. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm a big uh, uh, I'm a big Columbo guy so mm -hmm. anything that Peter Falk was in for a while I'm like an old man I listen to Steely Dan and watch Columbo Steely Dan my favorite by the way there you go, oh, yeah, go. Uh, so Dave we'll start with you since okay. you're a big Steely Dan fan uh, <laughs> Dave when you wake up in the morning how do you take your coffee uh, I, well this is a good topic because Beth and I are different in that regard I like dark or light coffee but I have to have a little bit of flavored creamer flavored creamer just that's like it my, just like my stepdad that's, that's it. it that's, that's it, it. Beth, same question. Uh, two Splenda and skim milk. Splenda? So, ooh, I can't do the Splenda. I, I can taste it. I can taste it. Yeah, I can not taste it. I know, that's like... I it's gave like, up diet soda about uh, six months ago, and I haven't gone back. And I, I had a sip of her Diet Pepsi the other day, or Coke, Diet Pepsi. Coke. Diet I'll, Coke. And didn't like it. Ugh. I'll throw out a Diet Coke if I get one from, like, a fast food, and, like, it's the wrong thing. I'm like, I can't even... I can't even force this down. Yeah. I can't do it. I'd rather be fat than get all the, like, yeah. the, the weird chemical imbalance from the Nutrisystem, I feel yeah. like. But I'm not... Yeah, listen, you're in better shape than me, so I'm not going to knock you out. Right. But, but, but Beth uh, is a big believer in non-flavored coffees. Very. I object to iced coffee, really? flavored coffee, any wow. uh, coffee, ice cream. Coffee should be hot and in a cup. Hmm. Strong. I like that strong. It's a hot yes. take. <laughs> All right, let's stick with you for this one right here. Okay. Uh, what was your first automobile? Uh, a Toyota, a 1987 Toyota Corolla that I, no, I think it was 83, sorry, Toyota Corolla that I got in 1993. They, yo, Toyota is notoriously last forever, though. You it was probably a stick could still, shift. Oh, I can't even drive a stick shift. I don't even stick. know how to. Yes, and I got it. Um, I was dating a guy on, 
who worked at WKTV at the time when I moved here. Ah. And I came from the city, so yeah. we didn't really have snow. And if you did have snow, you just stayed home because sure. everyone handled that. And I, Three inches is too much. In the I city. tried to drive it with its bald tires and its stick shift up Smith Hill Road at 10 o'clock at night in a blizzard. And then I realized I couldn't do it and I backed up and I ended up in a ditch. So that was my first experience with my Toyota Corolla. That's good. Uh, Dave, same question for you, my friend. A yellow Ford LTD that belonged to the old woman who lived next door to us in Florida. And she had literally dri driven it just to and from the store. And so even though it was 20 years old, it only had like, I don't know. 2,000 miles on it or whatever. I found a way to ruin it very quickly, though. So. <laughs> well, you may or may not have taken it to see this event, but did you take your LTD to see your first live music event? Uh, no, and my first live music event would have been, I think, um, The Outlaws. Mm. Southern rock band The Outlaws living in Florida at the mm. time. And it was either that or maybe the Marshall Tucker Band yeah. in Minnesota <laughs> when I spent a, a year with my dad there. Uh, or a Grateful Dead show in Hartford, Connecticut, mm. about a month before the roof collapsed. That's all good. At the I Hartford like... Civic Center. Oh, wow, I forgot about that. It's a real... <laughs> I remember that actually happened. I read about that. Right after the dead was there, yeah. too. <laughs> uh, Beth, same question for you. First, live music concert. Oh, look she at looks her. She's embarrassed. She's burying her, her face in shame. My answer to this question is so embarrassing. <laughs> but you got to remember, I was living in Staten Island in... 19... It was like the 80s. I saw... Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes! In concert. Oh. Although technically, I think my first live music, <laughs> not concert, was uh, my parents, my mom took us to see Peter Pan with Sandy Duncan. Oh, yeah. I, I had that on VHS as yes. a kid. I loved it. I Wendy, loved Michael, it. John, Tinkerbell, come on! That's that's a pretty good, you could do that. was a good I, voice. That was good at that. Much. You've practiced that, haven't you? I have. <laughs> that commercial was on all the time. Uh, so I'm going to stick with you for this one. Okay. Give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Oh my God, what am I? <laughs> okay, I'm such a girl. I have been. Um, what? I love Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper. I don't know if I know. It's this like one. an HGTV sure. show. I love that show. It's um, Chip and Joanna Gaines. That sounds. They're, like, they're like my... redo all these houses in Waco, Texas. They're adorable. Is that like flip and flop? Like the. They don't. They they're flip houses. Sure. They but they don't. Okay. They do it for clients. Like they don't. Spec a house, they yeah. they bought they yeah. So get, it's just a really cute show. I get annoyed when I watch them do the renovation shows because it makes me feel like I don't have any skills as a carpenter. Like I, I could not it's do any of this. Probably true. It's true. I'm not. I, I, my generation <laughs> doesn't know how to, to fix anything. See, I my my father was a carpenter, so see, I can do go. I do a lot of things. Dave, same question: book, album, movie, or television show? Well, I'm similar to you because I I still I still love Steely Dan because oh, I think man. they're just so brilliant lyrically yeah, and, and and they can sing one song and sound entirely different in yeah. another song. Whereas a lot of the artists today and they're great. I'm not knocking them, but you have a sound of Rob Thomas or whatever, and sure. he sounds the same in every single song. Whereas the guys with Steely Dan. Uh, well, and, and no, Rob Thomas is great. I'm just saying that Steely Dan somehow were able to like change their sound from song to song, even though Donald Fagan's voice, the lead singer, is yeah. very recognizable. So What's crazy about Steely Dan for me as well, I love how talented they were, and they were like the funk and all the, the really talented musicians they would bring in, but what's crazy is that they got so famous being two of the ugliest musicians. <laughs> you would ever, like, go look up like Fagan and Becky on, on, on the internet, because they are brutal to look at. Yeah. Like, really... Maybe maybe they were better looking in the seventies, but nowadays it's no, not, I doubt it's it. not great. The, the, it's between them and probably Todd Rundgren for the ugliest rock stars <laughs> of all time. <laughs> um, all right, let me give you this one. Uh, who did I just get that? that? Was you? So I'll stick with you on this okay. one. Uh, if you could go to dinner, one person, living or dead, who is not your relative, who would it be? Hmm. 
Um, I would say Kevin Klein, the actor. Really? I just think he's brilliant yeah. in everything he does. Serious roles, comedic mm. roles. Seems to be intelligent and funny at the same time. Mm. Uh, I, I, he seems to be a down-to-earth guy who's been married to the same woman for, God, 20, mm. 30 years now. Sure. Uh, Phoebe Cates. Yeah. Um, seems to Good embody... Call. Yeah, <laughs> seems to embody a lot of the same stuff that I kind of feel and believe in. So I don't know. I just and I've never been asked that before, but there it is. Kevin I met Martin. them actually when I mm-hmm. when I lived in New York. I worked for a pediatrician, sure. and he would be like, did all these celebrities. Yeah. We had Phil Hartman was actually his kids were mm-hmm. a patient, so were yeah. Phoebe and uh, Kevin mm-hmm. Klein. They were they yeah. came with their their kid, and mm-hmm. actually they brought their kid as opposed mm-hmm. to a nanny. Mm-hmm. A lot of people brought. See, them. well, there's see, another reason why I like them too. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Best same question. Uh, any celebrity living or dead? Or any person celebrity? doesn't have to be celebrity. Oh. Any person living or dead who's not your family. I, I would have to say like one of the founding fathers because I want to be like, can we just talk about some of these amendments? Like, what were you guys thinking? Like, where were you? Were you really? Th- what about the Second Amendment? What about this? Like, what were you? What would you think about internet privacy? Like, where would you be on that? Because that's one of the things that drives me crazy. Like, that's not what the Founding Fathers meant. Yeah, the Founding Fathers didn't even know what they meant at the time. It was such a new... They, they left mm-hmm. it purposely ambiguous to allow for us to yeah. change with the times. But, you know. And I'll add another one. I think Beth and I would both love to sit down with this Stephen King. I bet you and I would oh, yeah. both be fascinated to talk yeah. with him. This is... Uh, I actually met Stephen yeah. King. This is my Stephen King tattoo. Wow. This is from the book The Stand. Uh, uh-huh. I met Stephen King. I was working in New York. I've told this story many times, so I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> I was working in New York. I was waiting tables. And Stephen King came into the restaurant with uh, John Mellencamp and Meg Ryan. <laughs> and they were all on some... I think it was like a late night show together. They were doing something together. where They were all yeah. a great group of folks. And mm-hmm. I think they were like buying dinner at my restaurant... For all their crew and cast, whoever they were doing something for, uh-huh. and my waiter friends in the back, I'm in the back, like, sir, I'm I'm running food tables that night, and my buddy's like, dude, Stephen King is out there, you need to go talk to him, show him your tattoo, and I was like, I'm not going out there. He's like, dude, just go say like hi to Stephen King. You've read all of his books, talking about all the time, like. So I went out there and I, it's like, Mr. King, I'm sorry to bother you. I, you know, I read all your books. I read Salem's Lot when I was like 12, and I, I loved it. I, I, I just. I, I never I didn't think I'd ever have this opportunity to meet you. I just want to thank you for giving me all this years of entertainment and creativity and making me interested in writing and, and he's like, Ah, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, and I said he's a really squirrely guy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, um, and he really tall he's really tall yep. and he's really squirrely and he's got a weird voice, but he's interesting. But uh so I said to him, listen, I just I have to tell you, I, I have a tattoo and I wanted to show it to you. <laughs> so I, I roll up my sleeve and I show him the tattoo and he goes, Ah, oh, yeah, the stand and I go Yep, that's it. You got it. Uh, so I had him sign my tattoo for me, right? Wow. So he signs the tattoo, and the plan was I was going to wrap it up and have it yep. a signature tattoo, yep. but it, it melted off my arm before I before I could do it. But what happened was after we had this little interaction, I thought, oh my god, I'm best friends with Stephen King now. Like we're we're friends, we're BFF. We're BFF. Yeah. So I said, so I said to him, I can't embarrass saying that. I said to him, hey, is your daughter still a priest in Utica? This came and up he, recently. This came and, up. He, and he looks at me with fear in his eyes because I didn't preface that I'm from Utica or that I know any reason. For, he just thinks I'm some weird stalker <laughs> who's chasing his daughter around. So he's like, no, she's not. And then walked away. And I was like, oh, God, I, I just creeped out Stephen King. Is that a weird... It's something. a badge of honor. I made him super uncomfortable. And, and are you checking? Has he written you up as a character in any novel now or anything? Because I, I think that's coming, man. I was looking in Dr. Sleep to see if there was like a creepy <laughs> restaurant stalker who comes to get you. With but a tattoo on Not there. yet. Not Have yet. you read his book, On Writing? Yes. Oh, yeah, it's nice. we, so we, good. we love that book. And he is brilliant. Uh, guys, I want to get one more question sure. uh, before we close out. And it's going to be the same question for both you guys again. Um, 
So I'm just going to share it to you both at once, and you guys can yeah. both go from there. Uh, besides being part of the community, besides being uh, a voice to the people who listen to you, besides being wonderful parents and great community figures, give me one more thing that you, Beth and Dave Coombs, are passionate about. Oh my God. Or dogs. Are you dog people? Yeah, yeah dogs. That's, a good, that's a, actually <laughs> it's a very really good response. How many dogs you got? We have two chocolate two? labs. Mm. The one came from uh, the Rome Humane Society. The other one came from uh, the Stephen Swan Humane Society. Mm. I mean, I, I feel like the thing that I'm most passionate about is probably being yeah. involved in the community. That's mm. something that's really, really important. Sure. It goes back to kind of um, a conversation we were having you know, offline earlier. It's, it's just that I feel like if you're in a community and yeah. you ask that community to support mm. you in any capacity you mm. should be bending over backwards to do sure. what you can for that community. And sure. that's, I think I, I really believe in that. And that's part of the reason I think why we love our dogs, but our dogs are from, from a humane society. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just important to, to do that. Yeah. And you know, we hate to see dogs that are mistreated and I, yeah. and I, Beth knows this. I'll, I'll cross tr- streets for, from like a quarter mile away. If mm. I see a dog just to go pet the dog, it's like I, borderline a disorder to yeah. be completely honest yeah. with you. Like there are times when I, I see the dog like in the distance and Dave doesn't see the dog yet. And I'm like, Oh, oh there he goes. It's gone. We were, when we were at the picnic in the park, Oh yeah. I'm like, Dave, don't, don't do Dave. Don't. It could be like some woman with a chihuahua pressed up against her breast. And Dave was like, one of those. Can I pet your dog? I'm like, Dave, you can't. Well, that's a, a woman's boobs. That's a, that's a scam actually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, guys, I, I really want to thank you for coming on the show sure. today. It's been a real pleasure having you guys back on. Uh, again, folks, uh, 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, 98.7 uh, Light FM, guys. And actually, it's known as, nope, not point, but Light 98.7. Like they got a, rid of the point now? Yep. Like, there's, like, there's a, it's like www. Like there's a dash in there, Light 98.7. Okay, so it's like Junior and Mr. where they just get rid of the periods now. They're just yeah. going, no, it's good. And I'll definitely come back because I want one of those cups. Very good. Like, you have to earn it, okay? <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Earn it. Guys, it was a real pleasure. Uh, folks, We'll be back to the show in just a moment. It was an hour and one week. She, they stayed around for another 35 minutes afterwards talking. Great conversation. Great folks. Had a great time talking to those guys. Uh, every Monday through Friday, 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m., which is nuts. <laughs> I can't think of what I would do for like four and a half hours. I guess I'd play music. You'd bring in, I remember what they did in Talk of the Town, they'd bring in a ton of guests. Mm. They'd and have they like really 10 or 12 different like people coming in. And everything mm. on there. So they're doing a lot of cool interactive mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I think that that was one of the things that was most interesting is to go from a format, like a public affairs talking format, uh, format like Talk of the Town, and then go to having music involved in it. Right now we're going to like a music format, right? They're oh, playing, is that what they're doing? They're playing music in the morning. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it's really different for them now. And I sort of, and one of the most interesting things is when you have this format now, you have to like condense what you want to talk to. This is why I could never do a music show because I wouldn't be able to shut up for like six minutes, right? And in between the songs. Before we get into this Green Day song, I want to talk about politics for like 14 minutes. You know I mean? The weirdest part about that is the Green Day song. All right. Uh, let's let's get into this week's history lessons, which because I knew it was a long interview, um, I was almost tempted to sort of uh, not do history lessons today. So you guys, you guys, but they were good. 
They're good history lessons. Like, he's been uh, since he came home and I saw him for the first time today. He's been raving about how great these history lessons are. I want to let you know, Heather. This has been going on since the moment this man arrived home <laughs> today. It is what it is. All right. So on this day, uh, on this day in 1498, Christopher Columbus landed in South America. Uh, we've talked about Christopher Columbus on the show before. Uh, maybe a more controversial figure now than he was when they were teaching us in high school about him in middle school. Uh, but I think this is interesting because a lot of people only assume that they only talk about the first voyage uh, from Spain to the New World. There are actually three uh, voyages, and it was on this one uh, that Italian explorer Christopher Columbus set foot on the American mainland for the first time uh, in Venezuela. He christened it Isla Santa, thinking it was an island, although it was a peninsula, and claimed it for Hell Spain. Hell of a navigator. <laughs> Hell of a navigator. Uh, so obviously, uh, August, uh, August 19, uh, 1492 was when he set sail with the uh, Santa Maria, Pinta, Nina, whatever. Did you see they made the Nina and the Pinta, rode them down the Barge Canal a couple weeks ago? I did not see they that. They remade replicas of each one of them. That's pretty cool. I think it was the Barge Canal, but now that I'm saying that, I don't know what you do on hmm. the bridges. But it was somewhere, because it was on the radio. Uh, so when he returned to Spain, he uh, returned with gold, spices, and Indian captives in March of 1493 and received the highest honors possible, given the title of Admiral of the Ocean Sea. What a great title. Uh, and a second expedition was properly organized. Uh, this expedition had 17 ships with 1,500 colonists aboard. Uh, so they left in 1493. Uh, they explored Puerto Rico, Jamaica, numerous small islands in the Caribbean, and returned to Spain in 1496. However, they didn't have as much goods and as much yield, so this was actually considered a kind of a failure and was greeted much less warmly. Uh, still, though, uh, the Isabella and Ferdinand, the queen and king of Spain, were greedy for the riches of the East. Uh, they, agreed to, yeah, they agreed to a smaller third voyage and instructed Columbus to find a strait to India in May 19, uh, 1498. He left Spain with six ships, uh, six ships uh, before landing uh, in Venezuela later in uh, on August first. So there you go, American soil. Uh, he kind of died before really realizing how important it was what he discovered. Although Columbus is just an odd character, right? Like he he was super important for what he found, but maybe for the wrong reasons we celebrate it. Right? Like, I think the general idea when you say Christopher Columbus is like the man who discovered America, right? That's what little kids Not anymore. The little kids still think that, though, don't they? Not really. I don't, every Columbus yeah, Day, the media is in an uproar. They do still teach it in school for the most part, I want to say. Sort of. They, they taught, they give a little bit more option hmm. to it, I think, now. And I mean, elementary education yeah. people, feel free to shout out, but I'm pretty sure hmm. that they've changed the narrative a little hmm. bit. On this day in 1961, <sighs> The first Six Flags theme park opened in Arlington, Texas. Uh, it cost $2.75 for an adult to get in at the time. Uh, burgers were 50 cents and sodas were 10 cents. Uh, Six Flags at the time was different from other theme parks because it actually had a theme. Uh, the theme was the history of Texas, whereas a lot of theme parks outside of the Disney worlds of the, of the, of the country were mostly just rides and attractions. This actually brought themes into it. You ever been to a Six Flags? Uh, yes. Do you enjoy it? Uh, as much as you enjoy any kind of park like that, I'm not a huge theme park guy mm. necessarily. I'm not really a roller coaster guy. That's is a big part what of it, it is, yeah. and so that's a big part of all of them. And I'll tell you what I don't like about roller coasters. I'm too tall for too the tall. roller coaster. Yeah. Yep. I when I go on that roller coaster, remember that one in Darien Lake? We used to go up there Superman. for like that senior night. No, 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 the, the I think it was called like the Hornet or something. It was a green one and it had inverted loops and it's got the bars that come down over your the chest. Viper? The Viper. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the, the bars Viper. don't lock all the way, and there's a little bit of rattle mm -hmm. when they put them on mm -hmm. me, and I'm crammed into this thing trying to get my knees up to my chest. No roller coasters for me. 
I love Six Flags. If you you I go to Six Flags? Oh, yeah. I haven't gone in years, but I loved it. So. I'm going to share with you guys a, a story I've probably never told you guys. I went to Six Flags Great Adventure uh, as a kid. My mom... Is that the one in Lake George? No, that's the one in New Jersey. Okay. With the, uh, with the outdoor safari in New Jersey, which is weird. You drive your car through the... New Jersey Savannah and monkeys jump on your car and stuff and like look in your windows. It's really weird. Uh, Mike, my stepdad hated it. Hated it so much. She hated ah, it. They're on the car. They're on the Subaru. Get them off. Uh, Get them off the Subaru. Get them off the Subaru. Uh, Yo, I so, can picture your stepdad not having any fun at something hated, like that. Hated, hated, hated it. He's generally skeptical of fun as a whole. It's true. <laughs> he, he came out to Destiny and to the Wild with us. And he he hated likes to me. have a nice calm time. Uh, so I'll tell you the story. So my stepdad was not yet married to my mom they were still sort of in the dating stage i want to courting. say courting so my mom and my stepdad and me and my stepdad's niece gretchen who just got married shout out to gretchen uh it was we all went together because she was right around my age and i wanted someone to go on the rides with so we go to six flags and i'm a roller coaster guy i want to go on all the roller coasters but i am at that weird place where i'm just sort of on the cusp of being tall enough to go on some of them right couldn't go on one of the ones i wanted to could go on some of the other ones uh, I get to a roller coaster called the Great American Scream Machine. You ever heard of this roller coaster? Incredible name for a roller coaster. Great American Scream Machine. And uh, it was known for having the most, like, inverted loops at the time, whatever it was. You know, it was fine. Gretchen, my cousin, did not want to go on it. And they would not let me go alone. And certainly my stepdad's not going on it because he hates fun. So, <laughs> so my poor mom, God love her, Angela went on the roller coaster with me. Your mother? My mom. Oh my my mother went on the roller coaster with me. It took an hour in line to get in the roller coaster, and during that hour, my stepdad and my cousin went to go look at the park. That's so sneaky, the worst part about these theme parks, is the long waits. Long waits. That's what I don't like. Go ahead. Now, I want you to keep in mind that my stepdad and my cousin had went to go out do their own thing while me and my mom were on this ride. It's also important to note, when I say this, that nobody had cell phones. This was pre-cell phone era. Our hope was that we would get to the exit of the ride and Mike would be there with Gretchen and we could just move on. We get off the ride, which my mom hated and I loved, and it starts to rain, raining in the park, and they start closing down. They're like, we're going to shut down the park a little bit. We cannot find my stepdad or Gretchen. So now it's starting to rain real heavy and we're stuck in this park. We have no idea where Mike and my cousin are, and we're starting to freak out because we don't really know what to do and you know it's starting to get late and they're thunderstorming it's a really really bad storm on the way and we're getting nervous so my mom takes it upon herself to say let's go back to the car and see if he's at the car so we go to the car we walk all the way out of the park we walk all the way into the parking lot we get to the car it's thunderstorming it's downpouring we're soaking wet and there's nobody at the car the car's locked we can't get in no idea where mike and gretchen are still we are standing in this empty parking lot in the middle of a thunderstorm and this lovely old couple allowed us to sit in their car and gave us a blanket for like forty minutes while the while the thunderstorm happened. But it was one of the it was one of the wildest, weirdest experiences of my life. Just me and my poor mom, like me, the little kid, my mom just Yo. crying our eyes out in the thunderstorm. Shout out to old folks. Old folks, man. Old How about folks it? Super kind. Super kind. Uh, so that's my sad Six Flags story that's I wanted sad. to share with you guys. That's the only thing that's I think so of. Sad. How did it resolve? What happened? Yeah, what happened? Well, the rain stopped. And we uh, we went, made our way back into the park, and we were soaking wet. And my shirt is soaking wet. And my mom's like, "Let's just let's go into one of these stores, and I'll just get you a new shirt because you're soaking wet." And lo and behold, we walk into the store, and there's Mike and Gretchen just in the store. They're like, yeah, we stayed in here because we didn't want to stand outside in the rain. We're like, ah, 
Ugh, I hate so you guys. Bad. So you picture your mom so annoyed and Mike so like, what? What do you mean? I'm yeah, I'm hanging out. I'm yeah, dry. I brought, I brought a parka. starting to troll her about how dry she is. <laughs> He's terrible. Did uh, I not tell you I had parkas? Yeah, I yeah, got parkas. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it was very similar to that. Uh, so yeah, good good story. Sorry about that. Back to history lessons real quick. Uh, on this oh, date oh, in hey. on this day in 1981. MTV launched as a TV network. Uh, the opening lines were, ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Do you guys want to take a guess at what the first music video played on MTV was? Uh, oh, I've known that. You know I, this? No. Should I, I not guess because I know it? Do you know it? Everybody knows it. I didn't know it. Really? It's not that I want MTV. No. No, it was, nope. no, what was it? I don't. Oh, are you, that's, um, that's no, Dire know, Straits you're thinking of. I know it of. wasn't that, but mm-hmm. I know, I've heard it. Anyway, tell us. Kev? Video killed the radio star there by we that go. weird yeah. band of the name that I don't remember. The Buggles. Yeah. I kept wanting to say the Bangles, but I knew that was Walk Like <laughs> yeah. an Egyptian. Uh, so MTV for a long time was just a music video station. It was, yeah, really, re- it was really revolutionary. Isn't that crazy how relevant MTV was when we were young? Like in the 90s and the very first couple of years of the 2000s? Because you got to think that at that time, I talk about this with my students sometimes, like even now it's different because in 2003, 2004, people were still buying albums and listening to the same albums and calling MTV and doing like TRL and requesting videos it was and you couldn't see famous people like on Instagram or any social media so that was the only way if like Britney Spears or someone was on or anybody yeah Uh, I think that you know MTV when you talk about in 81 through 84 when you got like the Michael Jacksons and Madonna videos and these like huge stars and videos that were reaching a lot of people that was a huge cultural touchstone for people who were a little bit older than my age I would Mm -hmm. suppose Mm -hmm. Uh, like my sister's age and for people who watch MTV now, it probably doesn't seem the same. It wasn't until 1992 with The Real World uh, that MTV really started to lean into like the non-music-based program. I can't imagine that Beavis and Butthead was too far behind that, The Real World. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Osborne's was not too long after that as well. Uh, is MTV still super relevant now? Not at all. No. Not at all anymore? Not even remotely. No. MTV's no. barely a thing. No. Um, hmm. There were a lot of cool shows I used to like on MTV. It was like one of my favorite channels when I was younger. I used, I used to, to like all the true life. Did you watch Liquid Television? It used to be on late at night. Really, really odd. Yeah. Like, What's Liquid Car- Television? It was like really odd. like cart- Oh, like, like pre-adult swim type yeah. thing? I that feel like maybe I've seen something like that. Aeon Flux, right? That was yeah. the weird anime with the... It was the, just... The under underly dressed woman who was an android <laughs> warrior. Yeah, Aeon Flux. And I remember watching. I mean, Daria so I really was, was so huge. ahead of its time. Though, Daria. Dar- I have the complete Daria series on DVD. Daria's a great Strangely, show. but you know what detracts from it? They had to give up the rights to all the music they used back oh, when that show was on because it was just too complex for them to get it. So they put a lot of generic music in. Mm. Where and like music was a huge part of that show, like yeah. the music of the times and the stuff. But it still super holds up. Mm. What was that show that was on late at night and people undressed? Oh undressed. yeah, I forgot about. I still that. like that show too. I was a big fan of MTV Fear, where they would send people with the uh, with the pre selfie oh, sticks cool, into like yeah. haunted buildings. Oh yeah. And make them. It was all obviously rigged, but I yeah. as a kid you didn't know any better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, MTV. Important tultru- cultural touchstone that might as well not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. MTV part. Unplugged was huge, too. Oh, oh yeah. And MTV Unplugged. Damn. MTV, even like their video award shows, MTV Music Video Awards. MTV. The VMAs just do a really big deal, yeah. They still exist, actually, although I don't... I've seen them, yeah. Everything's got... You know what the crazy thing is? Like The VMAs when we were young used to be, it's like Aerosmith with Run DMC and Kid Rock performing a song together... And now, like, every artist there is only, like, the most newest and current and youngest. Like, they've thrown away a lot of the tradition and the history and stuff like that. What do you think was the biggest, what do you think was the biggest, like, opponent for MTV? Because my first thing is to just say YouTube. Internet. I would say, yeah, like, YouTube. Just the internet. The fracturing of 
mm. options for entertainment. You could watch videos there, yeah. and you didn't have to wait for MTV YouTube to play it. YouTube is huge, but even the TV so. shows, like MTV was always kind of like a distraction television, right? Yep. And yeah. so I think just the, the fact that the internet brought so many, I mean, YouTube being a huge part of that, but brought so many different avenues mm. for you to learn about these artists and for you mm. to see stuff that they're doing, and, you know, the internet killed... The television star. That's true. Ah, we should we should have written that song. Right? I'll write that song right now. <laughs> and last one on this day in 1996, uh, Olympic uh, sprinter Michael Johnson brings home his second gold medal for the 200. I remember Mike Johnson. Michael Johnson with the gold shoes at the two, 1996 mm-hmm. Olympics in Atlanta, setting a world record for the 200 meters. Uh, he became the first man to win the 200 and 400 meter races in a single Olympics. Uh, 96 Olympics were great. 96 was. 96 Olympics in Atlanta for a lot of people were the first time you could really appreciate watching the Summer Olympics because the time zones lined up. Yeah, yeah, you could yeah. Watch yeah, all these things. That's the big problem well, that, for London. I mean, that was the last time we had it here in America. That's right. It's well, true. for now, uh, matter of fact, as of today, Monday, it has been announced that Los Angeles will be the home oh. of the 2028 Summer Olympics. Uh, RIP 405. <laughs> You're not gonna be able to get anywhere in Southern California when the Olympics come. Uh, so they were in uh, they were in talks to get the 2024 Olympics, but those went to London and the 2028 again. Yeah, London uh, just say you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Paris. Paris. My bad. All right. uh, Paris. Uh, 2024 oh, will be in Paris. 2028 will be in Los Angeles. Uh, what's interesting about this is this will t- uh, if this all holds up. Uh, Los Angeles will tie both Paris and London for hosting hosting the Summer Olympics the most times, which is three times each per city. So, mm. uh, I didn't. I was excited for the London Olympics when we watched them not too long ago. We were still talking. I think it was not that long ago, right? We watched the Olympics. London Olympics were. What was the one we just watched? Rio. Rio. There we go. I enjoyed the Rio Olympics for the most Rio part. Rio was sixteen. I think London was twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. I think two thousand eight <laughs> was somewhere in China. Beijing. 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 I was really excited for the Rio Olympics when I started watching them, and then about halfway through, I kind of got burned out. I wonder if that will still happen with it being in the U.S. in the Always. time. By nature of it being the Olympics, yeah. I think it happens. That's fair. Uh, so I do want to talk about two more things before we close up. I know we're getting toward the end. Uh, do you guys want to talk about Tommy Laren at all? Uh, and how we're all a bunch of snowflakes? Tommy, Tommy. Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Uh, Conservative so, Barbie. <laughs> so uh, Tommy Laren. Uh, was uh, ready for a high-profile debate that people were talking about with uh, comedian Chelsea Handler at Politicon. Let you know where you stay in the packing order, Tammy. <laughs> well, what's funny about this is it ended up not really being a debate because what happened is it really ended up just being Chelsea interviewing Tommy. It didn't really have the debate format that most no, people were expecting. I think they pitched it as a debate because, I mean, these people are both in the entertainment business. Make mm. no mistake about it. So you pitch it as a debate, so it's like a big thing. People and neither of them back down either. Just an so. interview. But that was what kind of annoyed me is I, I was sort of hoping that Chelsea Handler was going to not back down because she seemed like somebody who wouldn't yeah. pull punches with her. And when she's being the sort of like controlling force respectful, I'm like, ah, that's kind of not what I wanted yeah. a little bit. I mean, if look, if somebody's going to take... Uh, Tommy Laren to the woodshed. Uh, I would rather it be somebody more well informed than Chelsea Handler. True, that's fair. Uh, well, speaking and, and people take her more seriously. Someone will take her more seriously too. So. Uh, well, Tommy got a lot of flack though for what she said. Uh, As Tommy, always. Uh, she's been a uh, an avid Trump supporter 
uh, avid supporter of appealing Obamacare, yet somehow this week, after she lost her job on The Blaze, she admitted during this that she is still on her parents' health care because she's 24. Yo, so this dirtbag, she came out there and she's like... I'm waiting for this. So she's not because I'm mad. Um, mm. She came out and she's, I mean, she's been one of the staunchest, you know, she puts on these viral things, you've seen them all over Facebook, and, you know, people sharing, like, she's so smart, she knows what's going on, and she's been one of the biggest people, like, we got to repeal Obamacare, it's a failure, deal with it, snowflakes. Mm. And then she comes out and she's like, oh, well, actually, I'm on my parents' health insurance because she's 24 years old. Like, that's a mandate that was brought to you by Obamacare. Mm-hmm. The only reason that you don't have to... And it's not that she's broke. She comes from a super rich family. Yeah. She's made a ton of money. She's continuing to make money. But she's still allowed to save money by being on her parents' health care insurance until she's 26. And it's so hypocritical. This is the same person. They went back and looked at her tweets when she was in college. And she's talking about, oh, getting a job sucks. But luckily, I'm working at my mom's store and I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. She's the one talking about going to drink and party. And then you come on and you put this thing. And I'm not even mad at her. I'm not mad at her for getting her money. I'm not mad at her for doing her shtick necessarily. I think it's gross, soulless, disgusting, and if there is a hell, she will go there. But it makes me mad at the people who eat her up hook, line, and sinker and don't realize how disingenuous she is because I've seen so many of them. For sure. So many. So, so many of them. That's one one of the reasons I stay on Facebook is these kind of people. And it makes me mad that people buy this shit and she's allowed to peddle it and make more money than I'll ever see in my life off of it. Well, what cracks me I'm up? Done with this guy. <laughs> but what cracks me up about it is that during the interview, after she gets called out on this, she says, "I, you know, I'm still in my parents' health care." The crowd sort of kind of boos her and gives a, and Chelsea kind of like, "No, no, calm down, the crowd, calm down." She's telling, she's being honest, she's telling the truth is basically what she says. And then Tommy goes on to say that like Obamacare does have points that make sense, which is like, then why did you spend the last like six months just being like repeal replace blah blah blah? Because money is tight. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that Obamacare is kind of working, and that's why they can't get rid of it? It's heavily working. It works, man. Like I don't understand where this narrative comes from. That people are like, "Oh, because let it fail on its own." It's not going to it's fail not going on to. its own. It'll, well, the, the new the new thing that your boy is doing is he's saying he's going to withhold. So basically, for the subsidies is one of the parts of the law is that the federal government has to pay X amount of money to the insurance companies to make up for money they've lost by insuring these people in these high risk pools, right? Yes. So he's saying, uh, the the orange idiot is saying that he is going to, Orange Julius we call him, <laughs> is saying that he's going to basically stop paying that money out to the insurance yeah. companies, which will force the insurance companies to, to goose the hell out of their premiums and knock a lot of people off of health insurance. The one thing that people say that people are upset about, people say that you know premiums have risen, that's a big problem. And the premiums have risen, but the reason the premiums have risen is because the insurance companies are scumbags. Mm. And if we had an opt-in Medicare and a single-payer public health care system paid mm. for by the national government, taken care of by the government, we can cut out the parasitic companies who treat health care as an opportunity mm. for profit, and we can be a better, stronger society and be who the mm. fuck we say we are. I'm done. Kevin Sorry. 2018. And it, <laughs> and it makes me sad. I'm so mad. I know. I'm done with this guy, too. It I'm makes done with me, all these guys. It makes me sad, though, that the only person who's really talking about putting a single... Uh, single payer health plan out there is Bernie and oh, all the Democrats. Yeah, but he's like the one whose name gets turned around. No yeah. one's ever going to listen on the Republican side. Anything Bernie has to say, he's like toxic from that side. I, I mean, think it's interesting after the latest failed repeal vote that there's a lot of Republican people out there being like, okay, we got to work with the Democrats to make something happen here. Yeah, yeah. Democrats work with the Republicans to go Obamacare through. They let him add over a hundred amendments. They debated it for ninety minutes on public television. Mm-hmm. I call somebody call me or tweet me if you want to talk more about this because they're gonna cut me off. But I got a lot to say. I like Orange Julius as a nickname for him. I know it's great. <laughs> it's not bad. I like Orange that. Julius Caesar. 
at yeah. two Jeff Sessions. Um, or like Orange Nero. <laughs> Orange Caligula. Orange Caligula, I was going to say. Orange Commodus. Orange Commodus. <laughs> there it is. Uh, so, guys, I have an angry thing for you guys today. This isn't politically based, but sort of. It's more of an idiot. Tangerine yeah. Mussolini. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's really yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Uh, there is a middle school teacher... Uh, who was on NPR this week? His name is Nick Grawl, who's telling, who told a story about his how his middle student, middle school students refuse to believe uh, that the Earth is round. And as hard as he tries, his science teachers are unable to change the students' misconceptions uh, just by correcting them. Uh, he says, and this is my least favorite part of this whole thing: his students got the idea of a flat planet from basketball star Kyrie Irving. Oh. Here's the quote: and immediately I start to panic. How have I failed these kids so badly that they think the earth is flat just because a basketball player says it? Uh, he's tried reasoning with them. He showed them videos and nothing works. Uh, quote, they think I'm part of this larger conspiracy of being a round earther. I want you to take that into context for a second. Mm. The larger conspiracy of being a round earther. This is definitely hard for me because it feels like science isn't real to them. Uh, this is one of my least favorite things on the planet. Uh, this makes me so angry. So I went out and I looked up 10 reasons. Uh, these are 10 obvious reasons why the earth is not flat. Would you like me to share? I would like to tell a teacher that at least a good 45% to 50% of those students are just trolling him. Do you think that's what it is? Yeah, 100%. They're middle schoolers. Uh, okay. So here we go. Uh, number one, number one reason the earth is not flat, uh, the moon. The, moon, the fact that the moon exists and the fact that our uh, shadow on the moon uh, creates the spherical ellipsis. No, moon's a projection on top of the dome. Next list point. Oh, I see. I I'm going to take the other side of all these, I think. Uh, the consistent oval shadow. Disclaimer, I think it's all a complete scam, but I'll try to tell you what these people are saying. Well, here's the thing. The, the Earth is round as hell. The consistent oval shadow it produces in each and every lunar eclipse proves that the Earth is not only round, but spherical. Absolutely, utterly, beyond a shadow of a doubt, not Flat. Just throwing that out uh, there. They put Transformers on the moon and Transformers 3. They can do anything with CGI. It's all screen. Uh, ships on the horizon, number two. Um, just in general, watch a ship go over the horizon. What's the last part you see? Allegedly, who's been out to sea? <laughs> all right, how about, how about number three? Varying star constellations. We see different star constellations in different times of the year. I don't want to play with LeBron anymore. I mean, um, <laughs> wait, hang on, hang on. Um, projecting those on a screen. Uh, shadows and sticks, uh, basically sun, sundials. Oh, deep state is that the sun. <laughs> sundials? Uh, seeing things farther from higher. When you are on a higher position, you can see farther angles than you can from lower positions. This would not work in a flat Earth. Just throwing that out there. Yo, for they you. had that idiot rapper uh, Bob. Oh, B O B, who had that one song with Paramore. Um, he put a post. He's another big flat earther. He was actually famous for it long before Kyrie was doing it. He put a post to himself on like a mountaintop, looking at a city that was like. Ten, five yeah. miles away, and he's like, "See, if the Earth was curved, you wouldn't be able oh. to see it." And it's just like, "Oh, honey. yeah." But then Neil deGrasse, now, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson answered him, explaining why you can only see part of it, and the reason what, that it proved that his tweet actually proves that the world is round. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so here we go. Ride a plane. Uh, planes can travel in a relatively straight line for a very long time and will not fall off the edge. They can also circle the Earth without stopping. So let me throw that at you. You would have to refuel them at that point. They turn around, they take off from a different thing, and you'll notice most of the time you're above the clouds you can't see the ground. Next uh, lie. <laughs> number seven, look at other planets. All the other planets are spherical and they all rotate around the I've sun. I've never just seen like another planet, ours. have you? Okay. <laughs> uh, how about the existence of time zones? How about that one for you? The fact that time has time zones as we rotate around the sun. Because the sun goes across the dome <laughs> that, that encircles the entire world. 
Uh, uh, the dome is spherical, but the earth contained <laughs> under the dome is we flat. Uh, so how about the fact that we have gravity? You know, I mean, gravity indeed proves that we have a sphere and not a flat disc. How about that one for you? No? That's not working. No one wants to argue gravity? If I drop an apple off a tree in Australia, it doesn't go sideways, it goes down. So I'm just going to throw that out there you at know, you. Flat earthers say that if the, oh yeah, okay, if the earth is round, how come the water doesn't fall off the bottom? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Uh, and of course, number 10, the one that's most important, images from space. Guys, we've been to space. We can see it. It's, <laughs> I don't understand. Listen, we've all seen a couple Stanley Kubrick movies, but um, <laughs> I don't think that proves anything. If you think the Earth is flat, Stop listening to our podcast. Yeah, I'm just you know who I bet thinks the Earth is flat? I bet that Claudia Tenney thinks the Earth is flat. I bet you she does. Uh, she would just believe that. I would like Claudia to debate me publicly. <laughs> Claudia, take a shift. I saw a group of people with a one this one-term Tenney group that's growing. They're, You've seen them on Facebook. There was like 40 people outside on uh, French Road near Home Depot protesting office. with signs and flags it. and everything. Oh, that's her Road, office? So her office is there. So every day you'll drive by oh, and there's maybe one guy in a chair or they're out there every, hmm. almost every day. I've never laid on a horn for so long in my yeah, life. every day. Guys, uh, it is, we've got to go. I'm so, so far over the time limit that I had planned for us. Uh, thank you for listening again, folks. Again, thanks to Dave and Beth Coombs. Uh, follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWaz1. Follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SFDoom or just follow the show at Uticash. We are on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. We are on uh, SoundCloud. We are on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, we are on Made in Utica. Uh, download the Handshake app and listen to all the current episodes as they appear. Or go to Uticast.com and listen to all our back episodes. The world is round. You're all morons. Woodstock lives. Woodstock lives.